Blog Talk Radio. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Hockey Radio Show, brought to you as always by BackpagePress.com and by the number one non-updated hockey site in all the land, LCSHockey.com. LCS, Dennis Leary's funnier. Yeah. All right, Mike Dell, are you there? I'm here, Larry. What's what's yeah. going on, Mike Dell? <clears throat> well, I was just reading uh, some stuff. I forgot SmackDown was on right now. I forgot all about it. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching it. it you, you didn't miss anything. All right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but Larry, yeah. uh, right before uh-huh. right before the show, uh, we were chatting, and Larry is uh, in a blood feud with Comcast. I'm so I'm so irate right now because <laughs> <clears throat> we talked about this last week. I, I had issues where my Internet keeps going out like every hour and a half or so. So we went and had to get a new modem. Because we asked them, like, hey, can you send somebody out here to, like, uh, you know, fix this? And they're like, no, you got to go get your own <laughs> modem. And I was like, all right. So we go and get the new modem last Saturday. And um, I come home, I hook it up and everything. Internet works great now. Now the fucking home phone doesn't work, which isn't that big of a deal um, because I don't fucking call anybody on it except to do this show and my mom. That's it. That's the only <laughs> thing I use the home phone for is to call my mom and to do this stupid shit. So today I took a nap around 4 o'clock. I woke up, I don't know, 7.30. And I'm sitting there and, uh, you know, me and Nick are talking. She's a, And she's like, um, how are you going to do this show if there's no phone? And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot all about the fucking phone. So... I was out here fucking with the wires and unhooking this and rehooking that and nothing's working. So like every once in a while I can get a dial tone for like 10 seconds and then it'll go away. You can't call in. Like if somebody calls the house, uh, I can see that somebody's calling the house on the TV because like the phone number will pop up and it won't ring and I can't answer it. So we called Comcast Well, Nick did because, I don't have the patience for people, so <laughs> I have to rely on her for that sort of thing. And so, we, you know, we call, and 
oh, the first lady's all like, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to do this and that, reset this shit and that shit. Yeah. It's like, huh, is it working? And it's like, nah, it's not working. So then, like, so, oh, i got to put you on with somebody else then because if it's not working, I don't know what's going on. So then we get, like, the specialist or whatever. You know, same shit. It's just like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset this and refresh that. Is it working? Like, no, it's not fucking working. It, it, it hasn't been working. So now they, they got to send somebody out tomorrow to, to look at it. And I'm thinking, okay, so when I told you my internet was going out every 90 minutes, you're like, oh, well, you got to go get your own shit. And then, you know, like, hey, my phone doesn't work. Oh, well, we'll send something right out. All right. So I'm just, I'm irate. And, and at one point, and Nick was on hold, you know, like the lady's like, all right, well, let me do my thing. And then, like, I just, I was so fucking pissed. And I said something to Nick, and she's like, what? And I, and I, like, I screamed it. I was like, I forget what the hell she said. And she's like, well, you're mumbling. And then I was like, I'll never fucking mumble again. You know, I was so fucking mad. And then and at that point, I could hear the the girl on the, on the phone. She's like, uh, hello? <laughs> is anybody there? What is this? You know, like so like, she's the whole fucking... Dude, I have I have no patience. I have the worst fucking temper in the world. I really do. Well, that's good. So, I, love it. I don't know. So long story short, now I'm on my cell phone and I have the headphones I use to listen to podcasts at work as my like microphone. So I'm hoping everything yeah. sounds fine, but I don't know. It's blog talk. It sounds great. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, good luck with all that, Larry. Comcast. Yeah. How was your How was your Thanksgiving, yeah. Larry? It was good. Oh, right. it was good. That's good. Yeah, I don't you know. Like everybody, the family. You know, yeah, yeah. We went. I went over to my mom's, and everything was good. Food was good. Everybody was. Nobody was fighting. Although I attribute that. <laughs> My niece brought, like, a friend of hers with her, you know? So, like, brand-new person in the house. Everybody was just chill, I guess. Like a boyfriend? No, nah, no, it was a, it was just a friend. Okay. I don't know. This girl, I don't know if she was on break or something, and her parents were out of town. She didn't have anywhere to go, so uh, she just came with her. So everyone's on her best house. behavior. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which, which, in turn, like, it worked out. Yeah, do you think maybe this uh, friend was actually an actor that she paid just to make sure everyone was nice? Uh, it's a possibility. Yeah. Possibility. Perhaps. Yeah. How, how was your holiday? Uh, well, I went. I, I took my mother over to my sister's, and I had to wake up early, though, to do that. Like, I had to wake up uh-huh. around noon, you know? Ooh, and, so that's not good. noon. Yeah, that's crushing. Uh, so I took over there and I just sat on the couch and watched football, that thrilling Lions Bears game. And then, uh, well, that's pretty much it. In my mom's house, there was no TV, so <laughs> I didn't see Ooh. any football. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but it was all right. But here's here's where I'm at in life. I was like dreading going. It's, I don't have a, you know, I like my sister, I like my nephews, my brother-in-law. Everything's fine. We're tight. There's no issues there, but uh, I just don't want to leave the house. <laughs> I, just don't want to I hear you. I didn't want to go either. 
because uh, you know I don't go to bed till like 9 a.m. 8 9 a.m. So then uh, I'm like, oh, I gotta wake up early, go over there. But you know, I, I took a bullet for the team. You know, the mother's old. Who knows how many Thanksgivings we have left? Might as well go. So <laughs> she can watch me so watch football on a different couch. Uh, oh, I didn't eat anything. Uh, I didn't eat nothing. Not even like they didn't have any Brussels sprouts or anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I just woke up. I don't want to eat and stuff right away. Yeah. I hear you. Breakfast I don't like is that for either. chumps. Yeah. Well, lunch is for pussies, so. Yep. <laughs> but get this, Larry. I was just, uh, I just finished my dinner. Would you care to dr- guess what I had to eat? Uh, brown rice pasta with tofu. That is correct. And, uh, but I was drinking this beverage that I really enjoy by, uh, uh, what's that, Pellegrino? Is that what it is? Yeah, bubbling water. Uh-huh. Well, they have these cans of uh, like, it's blood orange San Pellegrino, and I'm like, oh, well, they just put like orange in the bubble water, you know? That's probably all they did. Yeah, and it's delicious. And I'm like, holy uh-huh. fuck, is this taste good? So I had one a couple of days ago. I had one yesterday. Having another one today. So I got like six of them in a little box. I'm like, oh my, and I've had these before, uh, but a while back. So I'm drinking them again. I'm like, oh, these are so tasty. And then as I'm waiting for my pasta to cook, I happen to look at the ingredients. There's sugar in it. That's probably why it's so tasty. All right. I was outraged. You could use a little sugar in your life. <laughs> I was outraged. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you could have that at the store. I know. I just assumed it was just the bubble water with orange flavor. Like, you know, the orange. Because that spin drift I buy is just the uh, water with the uh, actual fruit juice. So I'm like, oh, well, they're probably doing the same thing. Didn't even bother to look. Son of a bitch. I can see sugar. Is that bell petals? Yeah, the spin drift. Or, yeah. All right. Well, you know, once again, you you need something. <laughs> I mean, you're not getting any ass. you got to have at least sugar. Right? <laughs> at least some sugar. Uh, yes, that's uh, all the excitement here. As if you're listening to this, which I find it hard to believe that anyone's listening to this. Yeah. As you can tell, we, we don't have a guest uh, because I don't know. It's, no. it's the holiday week, right? Don't want to bother people on the holidays. Uh, sure. And then next week, it's probably like what three or four weeks before Christmas. You can't bother people three or four weeks before Christmas. So we that's the holiday season, Michael. Exactly. Uh, but we it's will be having a guest to Hanukkah. at some point in the next few weeks. We will be having a guest. Our buddy Mike L is hooking us up with someone who was in video production of Big Brother Canada. Mm. Yeah, you called me believe. the other day to ask me if yeah. I was interested in it. Yeah, because he asked me, and I was like, well, I don't watch Big Brother Canada. And yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to like actually ask questions. So I asked you if you'd be interested, and you said, "Yeah, you're all for it." Uh, and then Jolie said she'll come on, and because she, she has questions. So we'll have GI Jolie and someone from Big Brother Canada. All right. Well, uh, so well, hold on a minute, because <laughs> the way I understood it the other day was. Jolie was going to interview somebody from the Big Brother, and we were just going to chime in. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, 
Sorry. Well, here's how here's how I see playing out. Carry that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll introduce everybody. Hey, I'll, I'll say hey. Here's everybody, and then you and Joe Lee interview them. All right. Because <laughs> I have nothing. Right. <laughs> I don't know that. Why well, don't I? I've never watched Big Brother Canada. I don't think. But you, but you told like, me the you, only you thing I, have questions for him. Well, yeah, I want to know, like, I want to know behind the scenes stuff, like what the fuck goes on, okay. like does production interfere with the voting? Is it all rigged? You know, are you, I like that uh, one girl. Those people who, who, really just. Who's that girl I like on Big Brother? Uh, is, is her name Ika? She's kind of known as like there was a, a there was somebody named Ika. Yeah, because I watched like season one and two, I think. Um. But yeah, I like her, so maybe you'll ask questions about her. The only thing I know about Big Brother Canada was I remember uh, at some point when they were voting for the winner, somebody put the wrong key in the box, and it was like a big <laughs> controversy. So Canadian. But other than that, I don't... <laughs> so yeah. Canadian. Sorry, boot that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, but after you called me the other day, and then I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, all right, so Jolie's going to interview this dude on our show, and we'll just chime in with questions. And then I'm thinking, like, Mike L is starting a podcasting empire over there, and I was like, "Why wouldn't she just interview that guy on his network and make their own well, little show about it?" But well, they only have we got three shows on the Comic Book Syndicate Network: uh, right. Big Market Fantasy, Quasar Quinology, and uh, here comes the Spider Cast. And none of those are appropriate for a Big Brother interview, I don't think. But our show, no. But I mean, you just start another yeah. show, though. <laughs> well, I don't know if you wanted to start another show just to do one interview with one guy, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, Jolie. But, yeah, well, I don't know when that is, but at some point yeah, in the near future. we'll let everybody be... know. It'll probably be in the next so few weeks. If, any, if anybody who's listening, once again, find that hard to believe, but if you would have questions – for somebody that was in production on the Big Brother Canada show, send them yeah. over. At I bet the Ryan's got some questions. Yeah. The Ryan's probably interested. Probably does. Uh, Another question, boot that. So there you go. Um, what else, Larry? Uh, I hope so. I almost called you. Around eight thirty, and I was, I was just gonna say fuck this shit because I can't. I feel like I don't feel like I'm. I already feel off kilter because of the head the headphones I'm using. It doesn't already. I don't. I feel out of sorts. But uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna call you around eight thirty to fuck this shit. But then I was like, I bet he already watched Twin Peaks, and he'll be mad that I he did. watched Twin Peaks if we're not gonna. Yes, do I Twin would be. Peaks. <laughs> because yeah. I did watch. Two episodes of Twin Peaks, so uh, at least we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, would Would you like to discuss Survivor Series later? Yeah, <laughs> that was last weekend. I see. Uh, yeah. First, first we had NXT War Games, which I thought was spectacular. Yet when we talked on the phone the other day, you're like, "Yeah, it's not that good." Like, huh. yeah. I, I was when I was watching right. it, I was referring to it as War Games because it was it was okay. <laughs> There wasn't anything the women's war games match was spectacular. Games. So was the men's, but the women's in particular, I really enjoyed. Mm. Here's the thing with the war games matches that I think is fucking stupid: is right. 
it's similar to a ladder match, except you're inside. And what happens is, at some point, you end up with seven, eight, nine people in the ring. And yet, you know... Okay, so, yeah, at at max, you get eight. Okay, but at some point, six of those people are going to be knocked out, and then the other two people are just going to do their spots. And then two more people wake up... And those two people get knocked out, and then, you know it's just spot, big spot, big spot, and it's just it's boring. It's just more of a showcase match more than an actual wrestling match. Uh, there were some good stories going on there uh, when Dakota Kai turned on her buddy Tegan Knox. That was great. Well, that was that happened at the top of the ring, and you know, yes. I would have had no ring. idea because I've never watched. NXT really, so I didn't even know that those two would be buddies, anyways. Yeah, you so gotta understand, they're like bestest me. chums. They're in a tag team together for years. They've been known as the best friends, and, and they, they've been uh, planting little seeds throughout the weeks of uh, Tegan kind of just ignoring Dakota, and like because when uh, when she was on, was it Raw? Her and uh, Rhea Ripley were the tag team, and not her and Dakota Kai. So like, huh? Why wasn't she tagging with Dakota? And then for the War Games team, Dakota wasn't picked. Tegan Knox didn't say anything. And then here, boom, she turns on Tegan. It's great. Now Dakota Kai's a bad right. girl. She's a bad girl. Yeah. So. All right. Well, so if you if you watch NXT, obviously that meant something to you. But if you yes. just watch the takeovers, I didn't even like. I didn't even pick up on the significance of it. It was very significant. It's kind of like uh, you know, Mike, Michael's throwing. Seems... I'm sorry, but it's kind of like Michael's throwing a Janetti through the barbershop window, like that kind of big moment, except it was the Janetti throwing the Shawn Michaels through the window. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think Tegan's oh. scene is a little notch above Dakota. But... Alright. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, because that Rhea Ripley girl seems like she would turn on somebody. I was like, oh, that girl's she... going to turn because she seems like a bee. Yeah, she's like the big uh, face now in NXT. Like, she's the poster child for the NXT now. She's really good, and she should be. This doesn't make sense, though. Why doesn't that make sense? Because um, the only reason I know of that girl was because she seemed like a heel when she was talking shit to everybody on Twitter and Becky Lynch. Right. She, She was a heel, but over, she's kind of transitioned into a face now because she's uh, feuding with Shayna Baszler, who's the ultimate heel. So she's kind of like a tweener, you know? Um, but that, she's still... I, I don't like when they do that. Huh. Yeah, you like Kevin Owens. Because I love Kevin Owens, but I don't like good guy Kevin Owens. I don't like that storyline. I'll still support Kevin Owens, but he he doesn't work as a face as well. Yeah. But she's like just a badass. And Kev- she's Big and strong and really good. So, yeah, they're pushing her yeah. hard too. She's she's won and she won everything. You know, this past week. So. She's the future, Larry. Get used to it. She's the future. She's like punk rock Charlotte. That's what she's gonna be. Well, I got news <laughs> for you, Mike Dell. In a year when she hits the main roster, you're gonna be sick of her already. <laughs> You'd be like, ah, you know, whatever, fuck her. They fuck up her character. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, once Vince gets all over her, I'll ruin her. Yeah, well, maybe now that you know, NXT's like on its own night, at USA, its own brand, maybe they won't 
push it, people up there, and maybe Vince won't get his hands on her. But he will, and he'll ruin her. Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oscar will be jobbing out to her every week. <laughs> All right. Well, and also keep in mind, Mike Dell, you know, Vince still owns NXT. So at the end of the day, if he really yeah. wants to get involved down there, he gets involved. But he's not involved at all. Uh, if if he wanted but to get he involved, could. he could. But yeah, he could, but he doesn't. So and you can tell by if you watch right. the show that he's not involved. <laughs> so, well, um, Vince also has the kind of ego though that if the NXT brand is, starts becoming the most popular, he'll just he'll just meddle into that then to ruin it. He'll sabotage. He'll, I, I can see him sabotaging one of those shows to keep Raw and SmackDown like you know the bigger names. But he, but he just put NXT over the, the other two at the Survivor Series. Put them over big. Yeah, that once again, that was such bullshit too. <laughs> the Survivor well, the, Series was nothing more than, hey guys, we got a show on Wednesdays too. Don't forget, yeah. our show's really good on Wednesdays. That's well, all that's that what was. they should be doing. That's exactly what they should be doing. The the women's NXT team for Survivor Series was way better than the other two teams, so they should have won. You know, they should have won. Uh, the Becky Lynch main event was terrible. Becky, Bailey, and uh, Shayna. That match was terrible. Oh, yeah. that was brutal. Yeah, it it was just, I don't know, it was just awkward and slow and no energy. It, that match was so bad, oh, God. they kept oh, Becky Lynch off TV the next night. <laughs> they just didn't even let her show up. Because <laughs> they knew she'd get well, booed. That, <laughs> so don't bring her out. That was because... Everybody was like, wasn't Brock Lesnar in the match before that? I can't even remember what was right before it, but yeah, I mean Brock did I'm, beat Rey Mysterio and his son. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, and then like as soon as Brock Lesnar won, you just heard the whole crowd go, "Ah!" Oh. And then after that, like when the main event started with Becky, and like they couldn't have cared less; they were done. Yeah, there was no that Lesnar match just killed them. No. What no, I, what was the point? What was the point of that whole big Rey Mysterio angle with Lesnar and making it a no DQ match and everything? If you're not going to have Rey go over, like what's the point? Why did we waste no, six I don't weeks know. or six months and all the Cain Velasquez stuff and and then you just have Brock beat him anyway? And then the next night on I, Raw, I don't get that either. They bring, they just put Rey Mysterio in a U.S. title match. I mean, well, he does. He beats like what four people to get in there, and then he wins. So he's now your U.S. champion, and it's like this stuff with Brock never happened. This is I, this is what the problem I, is I with WWE. There's no continuity. There's no logic. You know, they just it's it's almost like there's a 73 year old man running the company, and he just does whatever yeah. he can remember from moment to moment. But yeah, it's fucking yep. stupid. Yeah, because after the uh, the Lesnar match, I was like, well, that's. That was the same shit with Cain Velasquez. Like, he, they made such a big deal out of him, too, and then Lesnar beats him in, like, two minutes. I was like, all right, well, that was fucking stupid. And then they did yeah, the same if thing with had, Mysterio, if, like you said. If you would have had Ray go over there, the crowd would have went nuts. They were way into it, you know? And then it's just like, oh, oh well. Of course yeah. they would have went nuts, but it's fucking dumb. You don't have a fucking nine-pound guy beat Brock Lesnar <laughs> up. Okay, I'm well, you can have him. But you can have him beat him, like, through trickeration or, you know, cheating or, like, help, right. you know what I mean? It would have made perfect sense if Nicholas would have came down and did something. <laughs> Dominic. You know, Dominic. But, Dominic. Dominic. But whatever, like, none of it makes sense. 
It was fucking. Well, Dominic dumb. did come down. He did a frog splash. Did a six one nine. He was taking it to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I know, but it, it, there was no payoff for it though. Yeah. <laughs> he should have um, came down, hit him with brass knucks or something like that, and you know whatever. But all right, I'm glad because uh, you know Brock Lesnar listened to Rey Mysterio and it really pissed me off. The, the highlight for me, though, Survivor Series, of course, was my girl Oscar spitting the green mist into Charlotte's face, and then just because uh, they're yeah. on the same team, and then they're just leaving. Because that's exactly what she should have done. Because Oscar should have no part of this brand supremacy bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> just get out of there. <laughs> it's all stupid. Well, none of them should. Like maybe <laughs> Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, I could see like rah rah, but everybody else should be like, I don't fucking care. And the other thing that the other thing that pissed me off there about the Survivor Series. Uh, so at War Games, we have Kevin Owens show up in the men's War Games match as a surprise. How would you feel about that, Larry? Yeah. Did you pop? Did you get off your couch and applaud when your boy Kevin Owens came out? I didn't know. Because I did watch that early, though. It was like 5 in the morning, so I, I wasn't ready to pop. <laughs> I was ready to pop, if you know what I'm saying. But no, I didn't get up. All right. So, yeah, he, he did okay in the War Games match there. But then uh, the next night in the Men's Survivor Series, they've been playing this angle. Is uh, they even had a little scene backstage with Rollins and him talking, and like, are you with NXT? Are you with us? You know, are you going to betray Team Raw? Are you really NXT? And I'm like, oh well, this could be pretty good. And and then even at the beginning of the match, they had uh, Owens like he had he had the option of uh, frog splashing two people, one from NXT, one from SmackDown. He jumped on the SmackDown guy, you know, leaving NXT alone. But then he's like the second person eliminated from the match. He goes out, like, real quick. Yeah. It so was like, dumb. What, what was the point he, of all that? He eliminated somebody first. I don't Nothing. What's the point of any of it? <laughs> but you're planting all these seeds to tell the story, and then you don't even tell it. It's like, what the fuck? I know. Uh, I don't get it. So, speaking of that so War bad. Games match, yeah. where Kevin Owens showed up, that Keith Lee guy was out of gas within three minutes of that match. Like, if you want... Because I was watching him more than anything in that match. Because I don't know this guy. And I was like, let me see who's sticking it to Mia Yim. I'm like, this guy? So, like, three minutes into the match, he was throwing the kinds of punches and kicks that I throw at, like, Ziggy. Like, where I'm going <laughs> to pretend like I'm going to kick him. Or, like, you know when he was kicking, like, uh, Orange Cassidy? That's who he was kicking, like. He was, uh, like, his leg would come off the ground, like, maybe four inches. Like, he might as well have just been doing this when he was punching people. He might as well have just been going, like, you know, like that fake, phony, slow-motion punch sound because, like, that's all he was doing. He was out of gas. And then I think he took a nap for, I think he was out for, like, 20 minutes. I saw him just sleeping over in the corner. So you don't like Big Keith you're not a fan of Big Keith. Uh, I'm not a huge fan, not just based off of that match. I thought he looked now, great against Roman the next, the next night. night. Yeah. Yeah, he did like that that spinning kick and all that, and I was like, all right, no, why didn't you do that last night? <laughs> oh, I know why, because you didn't come in the, into this Survivor Series match until like 20 minutes into the match. You just stood outside. You're not sleepy yet, so that's why he was able to do that karate <laughs> kick. Did you see? Now, you I, like I, Keith I, Lee? I do like Keith Lee. I think he's a good guy. Big Keith Lee. Uh, did he, you? I'm guessing you didn't funny? watch NXT this week. No, I didn't watch it. Well, at one point, uh, him and Dajakovic were wrestling for the tag team titles, and 
Adam Cole came running down the ramp to help out his undisputed era buddies. And Keith Lee just comes out of nowhere and, like, shoulder blocks him and knocks him about four rows into the crowd. It was awesome. Oh, I saw that. I saw a clip of that on Twitter. I didn't know that was just this past week. Yeah, it was just this past week. <laughs> I would think awesome. so because that that Adam Cole guy, like, you're more ripped than that guy. Probably, yeah, I am. <laughs> I know you are. You definitely are. He's just a dude. Like, he could easily, like, just wash your car, too. Like, he could be that guy. <laughs> like, you want the wash and wax, bruh? Because that's what he looks like. He just reminds me of, like, an older surfer guy. I don't know how, I don't know his personality and stuff, but he just seems like one of them kind of guys. He's not a surfer. But uh, on Backstage this week, uh, WWE Backstage, uh, CM Punk was not on. Renee Young show? Oh, why wasn't he on? Yeah. Uh, he's not on every week. He's only going to be on occasionally. Um, they, like, rotate people in and out. Like, Christian was there this week in Samoa Joe. Oh. Yeah. Christian's so. good. Yeah, Christian is good. Uh, but anyway, they did a little bit. They have this girl. I guess she works for Fox Sports. Her name's Rachel Bonetta, I believe. And I guess she does a lot of, like, oh, yeah, she's smoking hot. I guess they do a bunch of, like, uh, comedy bits with her on different shows. So on the backstage, she does this little bit where she plays, like, a uh, uh, psychologist. And she has different uh, stars come in and she talks to them. So they did a bit with uh, Adam Cole this week that was actually pretty funny. If you get a chance to watch it. All right. So, yeah, I'm looking at her. I don't know. She's all right. Oh, she's more than all right. She's great. She's okay. She's got the long face. (laughs) Why the long face? Um, But all in all, Survivor Series is pretty much just like, that was a dud. It wasn't a dud, but it wasn't, I had, I I guess I had higher expectations for it. I thought it was going to be really awesome. And it was just kind of like, eh, just kind of average. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. what is going on with Kevin Owens? Like, because this week on Raw, that he stuns Seth Rollins at his big town hall, and then yeah, that was good. That was good match. this week, Seth Rollins. They're finally they're turning Seth heel again because that's who he is. He's a natural heel. Just let him be a heel. That's where he's he's best. And uh, so they're they're turning him back heel. So that was good to see. Um, but then Owens and then the authors of pain came out and beat up Owens. So it looks like they're going to be, yeah, Jesus Christ. Remember, remember he had Joey Mercury and Jamie Noble as his little stooges before. So it looks like, uh, authors of pain are like an upgraded version of those guys. You know? Yes. Oh, uh, you think they're going to associate with Rollins? Yeah. I'm sure there'll be his muscle, you know? Oh, see, I <laughs> I didn't even put that together. The first thing How I thought is like, oh, awesome. right now, Not put that Kevin together. Owens is going to be in some he's going to be in some tag fucking team feud with somebody. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like Kevin Owens is going to go get a partner so he can you know avenge uh, you know this this beatdown. Well, right, I'm probably well, sure that fine. that is probably what's going to happen. But uh, you know, next week they'll probably. But I'm thinking you'll see authors of pain be like Seth's lackeys. You know. All right. Well, that's fine. I mean, they got to do yeah, something. Yeah, because they're not good on the guys. mic. They need someone with them. No. You know? So yeah, they, they'll look yeah. intimidating in the background, yeah. standing behind them. 
That's all you need. Yeah, more. Yeah, more than Noble and what was the other guy's name? <laughs> uh, Jamie Noble and uh, Joey Mercury. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, those two guys. <laughs> but so yeah, Kevin something. Owens on a tag team also doesn't work. It also doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, but uh, yeah, the wrestling news, Survivor Series. Anything else happened that was of significance on there? Uh, nope. No, not really. Another fucking red match from Bray Wyatt, which was stupid. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you checked out Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, uh, real, real quick, uh, WWE champions. Do you think Scopely knows what Black Friday means and how it works? Because I don't think so. Maybe. I don't think because they've been advertising yeah. since Monday, and nothing's really a bargain or anything. No, it's all pretty much garbage. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Did you get your? Did you get that bag? Yeah, like I saw you and everyone was getting like new people and stuff. I got a gold medal, which is you know I guess that's nice. A Rusev gold medal, but so. oh really? Yeah. Like what about like? Uh, remember they sent like an apology message. Here's a bag. Yeah. We're sorry we stuffed yeah. this up. What did you get in there? A Rusev gold medal. Did we just have the conversation? Oh, that's where you got the medal. <laughs> Yes. Well, what did you get is in the feud reward bag then? I didn't get a feud reward bag. Oh, you should have. We finished like 48th or 49th or something. I got a bag. I, didn't get I got shit. No, uh, see, I didn't get shit for the first feud. Oh, they had issues. You know, were you paying attention to the issues last night? With, yeah, because I did the first, the first feud? feud. I did the first feud. And I saw that my score wasn't even changing. I did like three of them, and I was like, "Oh well, fuck this!" So I just stopped. And uh, I, I was oh. sleeping during the second feud, so I didn't even do the second feud. So, so during the first was feud, there a like, second I, feud? I, I yeah, it was at nine o'clock okay. this morning, nine to three. Yeah, like that's, no, that's I'm sleeping during those hours, so no. Yeah. Um. But last night, I, I started feuding as soon as it started. I think it started at 9 p.m. And I was, you know, we had just got home and whatever, so I was up. So I started feuding. I think I feuded uh, maybe three times. That was it. And the scoring was so jacked up. I had like 644 yeah. billion points, I think, <laughs> after like three matches. And I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. good then. Like, I don't have to do nothing. I'm way in first place. Well, the good then, thing was like, Scopely's, Scopely's uh, came on. Yeah, they fucked up because they were having an event too. Like how you scored on the in the feud, you would get prizes and hit milestones and stuff. And our our faction like cleared every all the milestones in like five minutes. Everything just went. Yes. It all. I immediately went into my rewards. I opened everything. I was like, yep. "Fuck, I'm making it back. I'm hiding all this <laughs> shit. Like they won't know what was what. I'm just hiding it all." But they took away but the they uh, did take back it. Yeah. yeah. Cause but I don't I'm, care. I got I, enough. I, uh, was... I got enough training points to max out all of Oscar's moves except for one, and she's now at four star gold. So looking Oof. good for Oscar. Speaking of Oscar, I used her today, like because the feud this morning was a woman's feud. 
And I couldn't use Paige because they didn't have, like, a yellow spot or whatever. So Oscar was, like, the workhorse. And I'll be honest with you, I think she kind of sucks. Well, how are you using her? There's a, there's a few different ways I don't you can use her. Like, there's not just one move. You can do, like, three or four different ways. The way I use the submission, you know, the Oscar lock, is the little blue yeah. move that makes the countdown gem pop up that turns into green gems. Yeah. And then you use your purple move that makes her in your green gems. And you put Bray Wyatt and Kurt Angle as her trainers. Purple Bray Wyatt and Kurt Angle. So then her Oscar lock, it's six turns and it does 90,000 damage. Yeah. You do not lose. You do not lose. That's Oscar. Well, that's not, how, that's not how I was using her because my purple Bray yeah. Wyatt is at like 700 or something. Like, you know, I don't know what his trainer ability will be, but it ain't much. So I was using it with, like, the two countdown gem moves. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, like, I was getting worked. <laughs> I was getting worked hard today. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you're not doing it properly. Yeah. And the, the whole the whole day, because I played most of the day, I was on and off feud. And, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, I don't understand why Dell likes this fucking character that much. Like, I, I've used her a you're few times in, like, a daily t- tour and stuff, but... I don't know. Six, I, I'm six not, I'm, turns, 90k it. damage. It just yeah. destroys everybody. That submission takes forever to fill up, though. That's the problem. No, it really doesn't. By turn three, it's there. At worst, by turn three. So. Well, maybe at four-star gold, but at four-star bronze, it's slow as balls. <laughs> because you don't, have, you're not using it right. You don't have the purple move to make more green gems. You know, don't worry. Well, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I'll have I a, I'll have a I got I'll have a video tutorial for you so you can watch. Oscar yeah, you should. Yeah. Did you see uh, they're putting the the Godfather? Did you see the Godfather? You could get him now, Mike Bell. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I already got Papa Shango, and that's the best character that guy ever had. So I'm cool. I don't need to. <laughs> well, I saw <laughs> I saw Scopely like uh, they said something like if if you have a maxed out Vince on him or something like. When you pin the guy, it's a minimum two hundred thousand damage. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you, crazy. I don't know. I don't know. How, I, I don't know. But I'll never get him. So, because I think to get three shots at him, like if you buy three of them little Godfather medals, that's twenty, 20 bucks. bucks to get three shots. Yeah. yeah, and you ain't you ain't getting no Godfather for twenty dollars. Black Friday. A big sale, twenty dollars, oh, three chances at yeah. nothing. At some Rusev shards, so get ready. Yep. Yeah. All right, Larry. Are you ready? Are you ready? That, that was terrible too. By the way, is during that Survivor Series, like they played like the show's theme song. It was fucking stupid. Like, oh, here comes Team SmackDown. Are you ready? You know, oh, okay. you know, like the beginning of each show. Yeah, they like that. That was their intro music, and it was fucking dumb. I don't know. Survivor Series was just fucking stupid all all around. <laughs> all right, all right. Are we bringing uh, we bringing Jank on? Is Jank on the line? Well, he's part of the show. But I figured he was out. <laughs> Jank. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, you man? sat through WWE talk and WWE Champions talk? What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. He, he does it <laughs> every week. You, really. This is not new. <laughs> He's been doing this for years like that. I know, but I don't want to take it for granted. I mean, <laughs> it's the day after, Hall- day after Halloween. The day after Thanksgiving, uh, 
I'm sure he's out getting it done later. We probably got to be at the bar there in a couple minutes. So, who do you think I am? You don't drink. Do you? I don't leave the house. <laughs> I mean, I will on occasion, but yeah, if there's <laughs> like a movie and a quesadilla nearby. Hey, hey, Larry. Uh, this uh, what was that? Monday, Jank and I recorded Flea Market Fantasy with Mike L. Yeah, we sure did. Look, look at Jank. It was a good time. Yeah. Look at Jank. We. Uh, we talked about Incredible Hulk issue 334, and we went like an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Talked about the time. Incredible Hulk. <laughs> and you went an hour and a half on a book that would probably take you 15 <laughs> minutes to read? Yeah. I, I, I mentioned this on the show, but when Mike Allen and I were first planning this uh, Flea Market Fantasy show, he's like, well, how many books do you want to do? Do you want to do like three a week? And I'm like, Mike L., calm down. We need it. one book a week. Three a week? One book a week, Michael. And he's like, well, how are we going to talk for an hour about one book? And I was like, don't you worry. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. if it's one thing I've so learned, how, 12 years of fake radio, it's how to talk a long time about nothing. <laughs> how do you do it, though? Like an hour and a half on a comic book. Like, do you guys like really, hey, like in panel three on page seven, check out the shadowing <laughs> on the tree. Hey, like, do you guys hey, break it down like that? Hey, Larry, thanks for listening to the show. Yeah. First of all. <laughs> Dude. He's really a big fan. Well, you never listened to Security Guy Herb's show when I was doing that. I was like, do you hear Herb? I'm listening to it every night. Shit. It's Pat Novak and then the old <laughs> reruns of the Security Guy Herb show. That's what I listen to every night. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, well, first, huh. we uh, we talk about, just in general, about the character. If, it, you know, like I'll say, hey. hey. Well, how do you, why do you uh, know about the Hulk? Oh, Hulk and we'll start talking like that. This episode, this <laughs> yeah, what is the first appearance? Great, where he went? Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, then we'll go. Right. In, we'll do break down the cover, the plot. We'll go intricate in the plot, the story. We'll, we'll tell you what happens in the story. Then we'll, we'll we talk the creators. We talk the writer first, and then the, the artist. And then we give our final thoughts on it. So yeah, it's a swell time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> never the anchor. I just wanted to Fuck hear. Them. <laughs> Hear your perspective on it. Yeah, well, thanks, Larry. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I like when you guys do Thor. Exciting. Flea <laughs> Market Fantasy, and I believe next week we'll be recording with cousin Brandon to talk Secret Wars. So get ready. Yeah, that should be good. I can't yeah, wait for that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. See, there's a fan, Larry. Jank is excited about it. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> There's a Batman episode up right now, Larry. You love Batman. You listen to Mike L and I talk yeah. about Batman. <laughs> yeah, well, Mike L loves Batman. I, I would imagine there's a lot of Batman episodes in in, in the shoot. Not yet. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> Man. Oh. Well, I, I like that pun though about the magic show being a tragic show. <laughs> yeah, on, on the cover, Larry. <laughs> Pretty genius. Just, just stay there, Batman. One step closer, and this magic show will become a tragic show. Oh, <laughs> that's witty. <laughs> that's some Pat Novak level. <laughs> hey, dialogue. how dare you? Don't <laughs> <laughs> be tired of besmirching Pat Novak like that. All right, uh, Jake, uh, did you see any movies over this holiday? Uh, I saw Knives Out the other day. Oh, Knives Out, a, a classic murder mystery, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of. I don't know how classic it is. 
it's kind of one of those movies where they tell you what happened like a half hour into it. <laughs> huh. So it's not far it into it like major. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a more like like a pretentious version of Clue. Like, oh, we're going to remake <laughs> Clue with real actors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, there ends up being more to it, a little bit more to the actual plot than you first see, but yeah, like they kind of, it's very much set up, here's the characters, and then, oh, here we're going to show you what happened to the dude. (laughs) And the rest of it's kind of like, oh, you're following along with the character who did it and what they're going through now. Interesting. All right. So it's not a mystery uh, at all. It was a strange format. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you look at the commercials on the TV, and who's the star? Is that Daniel Craig? Is he in that? Yeah, Daniel yeah. Craig playing a, a guy from the South, <laughs> which is very strange. Yeah, that's weird. But you yeah. see the commercials yeah. on the TV, and it seems like, oh, that's a mystery. An old classic whodunit. But yeah, you would think. I, I don't think like Hollywood knows how to make those anymore. <laughs> if they yeah, even they try to, then it turns out being the, it's the cop that did it or something. It's no one they, who they was sh- like, even a suspect. They should have listened to the Batman episode of... Uh, Market fantasy. I broke down mystery plotting yeah. for everybody, Larry. So you can know how to. They plot should have just re-released. Yeah, that was clue. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, re-release clue. I'm sure they will soon. They're going to remake <laughs> it. I'm sure reboot clue. So uh, knives out, yay or nay? Uh, I guess a slight yay. <laughs> hmm, slight yay. All right. Slight yay. It was all right. It had some weird stuff going on, but overall, it was all right. I've seen worse. Right. I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah. no doubt about that. You're alone. <laughs> um, what else? Larry, did you watch uh, the movie? Oh, ah, all right, here we Ooh. go. Well, let's see. Well, let's see if Jank, Jank, did you go see anything else at the theater? Uh, well, last week uh, I I pulled the trip, uh, you know, the triple crown, if you will, <laughs> hat trick, and saw three movies within 24 hours. Whoa! Um, oh my God, that's fucking yeah. dumb. I don't even do that at home. <laughs> so I what saw a beautiful day see? in the neighborhood, uh, Twenty One Bridges, and Spirits in the Forest, the new Depeche Mode concert film. Yikes! <laughs> oh my God, that, that's yeah. rough. That is rough. I had high hopes for that, but it turned out to be less of a concert film and more of a like uh documentary about some of their fans with some, you know, very sparse concert footage in between. I was like, oh. Well, well I think the the <laughs> last they have a new album? Concert footage of the better. But, you know, it's just me. Uh, I mean, they had a new album when was that? 2 years ago? Oh, all right. So they don't even have an album to oh, coincide with this movie. It's <laughs> just well, they put out like Did a Did they sing a, like seems like they do a DVD, you know, a concert DVD every tour now. Uh, so I guess this is as close as they're going to get to this one. They haven't put anything else out yet for this tour. So this might just be it, so, which is unfortunate, because you only see maybe eight songs and not even the whole song. <laughs> oh, now, what were they like? Were they the hits, or were they just like rando songs? Uh, some of them were the hits, for sure. I mean, you had your Enjoy the Silence in there and Just Can't Get Enough. Uh, you know, some of the I big ones like you. that. I think there's only one. <laughs> no, no, sadly not. I love that song. Oh, I know. Luckily, when um, I saw it. them twice on this tour, and the first time they focused a little bit more on the uh, 
the new album, whereas the second time it was pretty much mostly the hits. So that that one's great. Oh, I see. <laughs> much better that time. No, Jake. Time around. What what Depeche Mode album? It was after Violator. It was like a black cover. It had like I don't know purple wording yes. imagery on it. What what is that? Songs album? of Faith and Devotion. That's right. Okay, so. I saw Depeche Mode when they were touring that album. And they oh. were awesome. They they that was one like of the, the best concerts ever went looking to. Tour. They were they were really really awesome. Yeah, they are really good live, and I can only imagine were even better back then. Yeah, and watching the I tour DVD, like younger. that tour looked awesome. <laughs> that looked the it best was visual. Good. It like was a good the show. Screens and yeah, yes, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't hate Depeche Mode, but I don't know if I want to go to the theater to watch a Depeche Mode documentary <laughs> slash maybe concert. Yeah, it was a lot about these random fans, and a lot of them didn't have the best stories. Like, one of them was actually interesting, and I feel like she got the least amount of screen time. Like, there was this woman who was, like, from France who basically at the age of, like, 25 or something like that got in a car accident and completely lost all of her memory. <laughs> Um, she lost, she couldn't remember anything. Like she had to relearn how to read and all this stuff. But for some reason, like when she heard a Depeche Mode song, she was like recognized it and knew it. So she lost all of her memory except for Depeche Mode. Well, that's, it's like <laughs> a hell. I didn't remember like, oh, I, I hate this band. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't remember her parents or anything, but she remembered that band. Yeah. She remembered Martin L. Gore though. <laughs> yep. The brain is a fascinating thing. I don't know if I mentioned this on the yeah, show before, but uh, the, the one time I was at the doctor's recently, maybe about two years ago, I was in the waiting room, and I heard these uh, the people in front of me were talking to my doctor, and he came out and asked how someone was doing. And uh, they're saying, oh, they're doing good. But from what I gathered when they were chatting, this person was involved in like an auto accident or some sort of uh, horrific accident that damaged their brain and like messed them up, all right? But they recovered. But now they only speak like Slovakian or Czech. Huh. Wow. And they and there's no one no one in their family speaks that language. He never studied this language, but just out of what nowhere he's speaking in a foreign language because his brain <laughs> How does that happen? Aliens. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Like why would that be in oh, your brain? As exactly. An it makes no sense. Hmm. What? what the hell? The Matrix. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe past lives, you know, one of them deals. But uh, yeah. it could be too. Shit. Believe it. But that's very strange. The brain is a weird yeah. thing. So Jake, <laughs> it really is. Um, how was the Mister Rogers movie? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, they did some cool things with like the filmmaking. Uh, that I kind of liked. Overall, the story's a little strange. It's it's more about this reporter guy and kind of how his life intersected with Mr. Rogers at this time he was doing the interview. Uh, Mr. Rogers is kind of like a secondary part of the uh, story, almost. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> I heard he's like a supporting yeah, definitely... character in his own movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a biopic of Mr. Rogers or anything. It's more, here's this guy, and here's how Mr. Rogers helped him. <laughs> Who plays the reporter? Uh, Matthew 
Reese or whatever his name is, the guy from the Americans. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool huh. to see him again. Interesting. Was Kerry huh. Russell in it at all? No, <laughs> no Kerry <laughs> Russell. <laughs> then I'm not going to go see it. If she was there, I'd probably go. Aren't they a couple in real life? <laughs> yeah, I think they did get married in real life. That son of a bitch. <laughs> she must have been too busy making Star Wars. Oh, she's going to be in Star Wars? Yeah. Hello? Jank? I think we lost I think we lost Jank. Oh. He must have Comcast as his phone company. Yeah, he must. Yeah, maybe somebody will be out tomorrow to look at his phone. You know that motherfucker's going to show up, and he's just going to be like, oh, you just had to plug this in. <laughs> you know they're going to bill you for that, too. You know. <laughs> oh, you. I know. Yeah. I hear you. It's rack bastards. All right, so we lost um, Jank. Hmm. Well, we didn't lose Jank because he's still on the, uh, still on the line. Jank! Oh, Jank. there he is. Hello. Yeah, we lost you there for a bit. Oh, no. But uh, <laughs> I was shocked that... I don't know. Carrie Russell is going to be in Star Wars. Yeah, supposedly she'll be in Episode Nine. It's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah. um, yep, supposedly. Have you watched Probably The Mandalorian, Jank? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I've watched it. Okay, uh, I think <laughs> Gina Carano comes on. And have you seen Gina Carano yet? Ah, uh, yeah, she was just in this latest episode that came out today. Yeah, see, I like her. Uh, her acting skills are just phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Just look at her. Uh, but so, what's going on? Like, from what I gather, tell me if I'm way off base here. But from everything, I, it seems like uh, Boba Fett, <laughs> who isn't Boba Fett, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he he's has to take Baby Yoda somewhere. Is that what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, What's essentially happening? it's another Mandalorian uh, who's, you know, same race or whatever as Boba Fett. Uh, he has he was he's basically a bounty hunter, much like Boba Fett, uh, and he was assigned to retrieve some asset for this former Empire guy, um, which he did, and it turned out this asset was a baby of whatever species Yoda is that they'd never named, which is a real problem for me with this whole show. It's just like, the Mandalorian, they haven't given him a name yet. <laughs> this species that Yoda so, is, they don't, they've never given a name Okay, to. So, th- so this is a Nothing baby in the show Yoda, has a name. but it's not Yoda. In theory, no. I mean, it could turn out to be a clone or something, but this takes place, you know, after the Return of the Jedi. So it's oh, certainly not... Oh, I thought this not... was like way before <laughs> Oh, that's everything. not even Yoda? No, unless it's a clone. No, I, mean, I it could be his son or something, Yoda. but... No. Oh, Everyone just calls it that because they don't know what else to call it. Even in all the books and everything, they've never given a name to Yoda's species. <laughs> um, well, that makes sense. All right, so so he has to kind of protect baby Yoda? Uh, he kind of takes that under his uh, mission purview, I guess. <laughs> and and like everyone else... He's supposed wants- to deliver it back to this, you know, this Empire guy. And he kind of does that, but then he has a change of heart and, you know, ends up going in and kicking some ass to get it back. So in a way, Jank, in a way, this reminds me very much of Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> I don't even, like the samurai yeah. taking the baby, yep. the kid. 
right. That would anyway. make sense. Yeah, it seems very much like it's going for a Western type thing. It's just the genericness of it is what bothers me. Like I said, nothing in this show has a name. Even the planets they go to, they don't name. <laughs> They're like, is this Tatooine or somewhere else? I don't know, because they won't say. And no one has a name. <laughs> the villain doesn't have a name. This baby Yoda doesn't and, and have a and name. And again, I don't, I don't like this Mandalorian <laughs> crap. Because uh, who's like the coolest character in the history of Star Wars? Boba Fett. Like he's the coolest guy. <laughs> Wrong answer. Boba Fett. So let's take the single yeah. coolest character we have, and let's make a whole world of him so he becomes completely meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking also, stupid. can we stop? <laughs> like, listen, I understand Boba Fett has a cool costume and shit. I get it. But let's face facts. The guy's in the fucking original trilogy about 18 minutes, and he dies like a Three Stooges death on a, oops, I knocked him off the barge. It's so fucking dumb. Everybody's always sucking off Boba Fett, but he's kind of a fucking idiot. He was like the fucking That's kind of why it would have been better, I think, if this show would have brought him back, like show that he didn't die in the Sarlacc pit, and now he could actually earn himself some coolness cred. (laughs) Actually do something badass. But no, he's a different guy. But there's also, he ran into in the first episode, he runs across an uh, IG unit who is also a bounty hunter, but it's not IG-88 from Empire. It's IG-11 or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Well, Christ, what, <laughs> they had IG-88 in... Yeah, it should, uh, it should be like IG-1088. Rogue One? Uh, was he from <laughs> Rogue One? Uh, I don't think so. Was he in there? Originally, he was from what Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it was one of the bounty what, what hunters. Had, back. What movie had Forrest Whitaker in there? Uh, that was Rogue One. Yeah, like remember the remember that robot in there, the sassy, smart ass robot? What's that? Oh I yeah, that was uh K two SO. K two SO. Oh. <laughs> All right. I G eighty eight is the real skinny metal one, right? So a, yeah, he was one of the bounty hunters when uh Darth Vader's like telling them to go off and stuff and there's Bosk and Boba yeah, Fett and all like them the guys. Guy. Yeah. Oh. IG88 was like the real skinny robot, like a long head, mm-hmm. elongated head, and yeah. But I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm gonna pass <laughs> on the middle. I'm Star Wars out. I'm not even looking forward to this new movie. They they I just gotta wrap ya. this up and just knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> Knock I it agree. Off it, Shut it, it down. It seems like they've run out of ideas. <laughs> Shut down the superhero movies. Shut down the Star Wars movies. And let's yeah. start, like, cutting wrestling back a bit, too. There's too much. There's Come too on, much there's only everything. 12 hours of wrestling every week. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, my God. It's too much. More. <laughs> I hear you. I don't know what to put, replace it with at this point. What else is there? Maybe shows of superheroes cool. wrestling. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd tune into that. Superpower beatdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking genius. All right. Um, I watched I watched The Irishman yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. It's long, man. It is fucking <laughs> long. Yeah, but I started it, watching it, it, but I have not finished it yet. 
Now, didn't you see it at the theater? No, I think it was only playing in you know, six theaters throughout the entire country. So <laughs> it now may I, have been playing I, in downtown Chicago, but I wasn't getting wasn't worth going down yeah. there for that. Um, yeah, I watched it yesterday morning. I gotta tell you, it's pretty fucking great. It really is a great movie. It's it's long. Nice. It, it's so yes. long, but it is it is really awesome to, to watch this movie. I really liked it. And I thought Pesci, Pesci is fantastic in this movie. He's so out of character for what you normally expect from Pesci. He's real yeah, subdued true. and kind of quiet and laid back. He's not like flipping out, and you know, like he normally does. And it, it's a different Pesci. I really like it. Him and De Niro together. Now, did he have prosthetics and, on, or did his face just really fall apart? <laughs> I think I think they <laughs> aged them. Yeah, they definitely aged them. Okay. Yeah. I know they de-aged him to look slightly younger, which I thought yeah, for the most part looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah, they, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, Except for uh, that one like part him. I saw where uh, where uh, De Niro was kicking the shit out of some guy out in front of his store, and like he moved like that a fucking sick. like seventy five year old man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm like. Yeah, that face is going to move a little quicker than that body would. But like if you're kicking someone fine. with that face, like, they're not even going to be injured. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, what, what, was he far? kicking harder than Keith Lee in the War Games? Oh, yeah, he was kicking harder than Keith Lee, yes. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, well Larry, so explain how far, what this is, because I don't know anything about the Irishman. I'm guessing it's Scorsese, De Niro. I saw Pacino, right? He's in it. And then, uh... Yeah, Pacino, Pesci, you know, you know, the usual cast of characters. But basically what it is is Al Pacino is Jimmy Hoffa. And it's the story. Oh, okay. He doesn't show up <laughs> he doesn't show up till maybe forty five minutes into the movie. Like so um basically Robert De Niro is this hitman. And he's also fronting as a truck driver, and Joe Pesci is a mob guy, and he's, you know, eventually, like, a pretty high-ranking mob guy by the end of it. And him and De Niro become buddies, and he does some jobs for him and stuff, and um, they become buds, and he introduces them to Al Pacino, to Jimmy Hoffa, and, and then him and Jimmy Hoffa become, like, tight and stuff. And then it just, it's kind of the story how Jimmy Hoffa was getting out of control and the mob it was just like, you know, we got to get rid of this because, like, he's fucking shit up for us. So it's just that, that whole story. It's really good, though. Like, it's very, very similar to Goodfellas. It's almost Goodfellas, mm-hmm. except Robert De Niro is Ray Liotta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, do they give an explanation for what happened to Hoffa? Do they show him getting killed or... Yeah, they do. Yeah, yep, they show it. And hmm. do they bury him like in a uh, stadium somewhere? Like, no, stadium? they showed them incinerating him. Uh, okay. But I don't know how much of that's true or not. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, they do. They do address that. But yeah, I never yeah, really uh, looked into Jimmy movie. Hoffa too much. Maybe, maybe I can do oh. a Jimmy Hoffa segment on the show next week. Yeah. All right. You should get Netflix back and watch that movie. I mean, you might not have time for next week because it's long. 
That's all I'm saying. It's so goddamn long. <laughs> yeah, it's like three and a half what, hours. Three forty-five. Yeah, something like that. Three forty, three forty-five. Holy! But God. it goes quick. Like practically it's not, a miniseries. It's not a, like a plotting four hours. Like it, you know, it it, it moves through it pretty quickly because the acting is just fantastic. Yeah, from yeah. what I saw. Do they have an intermission at any point? Remember in the old days, they'd have intermissions in movies, like long movies. Yeah. Just... No, no built-in <laughs> When I saw Hateful um, uh, Eight in the theaters, they had an intermission. <coughs> what did you see in the theaters? Oh, Hateful Eight. Eight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I like that movie. Me too. But yeah, watch The Irishman if you have the the Netflix. Just allot yourself like a whole week. It's long. I actually think I may <laughs> have it still. Well, what's today's date? The 29th? Yeah. Um, yeah. I may have it until tomorrow. You should try to squeeze it Watch in. The Irishman. It is it is it is a really great movie. Alright. Yeah, I like what I saw so far. Alright. We so, that's it. Peaks. That was the only movie I think I watched. Ready Twin Peaks it up? It's like three movies in one. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, I didn't have time for anything else. I would have watched more movies, <laughs> but it's long. All right, here we go. Twin Peaks in it up. I gotta walk something while we're doing this. Diane, American. 10:30 a.m. February 24th. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. You know, this is excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. I'm gonna let you in on a little. Every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Give yourself damn good coffee. And hot. Fuck you, Larry, with your muck ass. Fuck you, Larry. All right, we're up to uh, episode 11. Episode 11 of Season 3 of Twin Peaks. We're closing in. We're getting in the home stretch. Think. Yep. The second half. Only six more after this week. Yes. Thank God. All right. Um, <laughs> Larry, where'd we end off last week? I don't even remember. Uh, I remember the log lady called Hawk and said, "Laura's the one." Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely near the end. Huh. And then. Um, Didn't some like wasn't Laura Palmer's mom like didn't she wasn't she screaming like in a vision or something? Uh, I don't think that uh, was well. There. Gordon Cole opened the door and he saw her screaming. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, he saw Laura and he heard screaming. Thanks. You think at this point in our our uh, journey through Twin Peaks. I would have the previous episode open so I could read what we ended on, but I never do. And uh, yeah, the I'm sure there was a song at the Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, like there was a song at the Roadhouse. Yeah. But yeah, that is how the episode ten ended. The log lady speaks to Hawk over the phone with another cryptic message, uh, noting that Laura is the one. So Larry nailed it. That is exactly right, Larry. Nice. Love that. You know I love my Twin Peaks. <laughs> You got a Mary Lou Henner level of memory right there. Mary Lou Henner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she has a photographic memory. 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. And I love Mary Lou Henner. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so episode 11. Oh, yeah, I love Mary Lou Henner. Um, I mean, she's 80, but cool. That's all right. I'll take a run. <laughs> all right, so it opens with three boys playing catch. And for a while there, I'll be honest, I thought it was just two boys, and we were getting some time warp fucking shit going on. Because the way they <laughs> were cutting it. That's what I thought it, was happening, too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they show the one kid throwing the ball to, like, a kid, like, roughly his age. Then that kid throws the ball back. <laughs> then the first kid throws the ball again, and now a little kid's catching it. And I'm like, what is going yeah. on? Is there, Are we, like, into some sort of David Lynchian time warp here? But then it. I thought it, that it, too. It turns out there. I thought for sure boys. one of them was going to get hit by a car again. Oh, I was. <laughs> I my did fingers too. Were so yeah. Cross. I was like, oh come yep. on, here he comes. Here he comes. Nope. <laughs> I don't give a shit about your kids. Instead, <laughs> uh, he goes to get the ball and he sees Miriam Sullivan crawling out of the brush. Miriam Sullivan is the uh, school teacher who uh, saw Richard Horn. Is that his name, Richard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dick Horn. That dick horn. Dick or is it horn? Yeah. Canadian term for dick is horn, and he's dick horn. How about that? Oh. All right. So, um, he was the she was the lady that saw him hit the kid, and then he went to her uh, little trailer there and beat her to death, or did he? Because so she survived. <laughs> yeah, and she comes crawling out of the brush. Um, so the next scene we see Becky, and a Zyfried. Zeefried? How do you say her name? Zeefried? Uh, man of Zeefried, I think. Yeah, whatever. It's an S. Man of She's uh, she's Becky's daughter in uh, Twin Peaks, and she gets a frustrating phone call concerning Stephen, her drug addicted boyfriend. So <laughs> this is my favorite scene, probably. Uh, oh God! She calls Shelly. <laughs> she demands. Uh, she's like, "Hey, I need your car, Mom. I need your car." So Shelly goes tearing off. Out of the diner, she drives over to the little trailer park where uh, her daughter lives. Her daughter comes out holding a gun down by her side, and she just grabs Shelly's keys, hops in the car, and starts taking off. And then, Larry, what does <laughs> Shelly do? Shelly jumps on the hood of the car, and uh, then she gets thrown from the hood of the car when she gets down to the road. This is so ridiculous. Yeah, Becky just gives yeah. no fucks. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot in this episode that's, that is just ridiculous <laughs> and awkward. And that so I like eleven. Weird. Just like the, the the camera shot from like the inside of the car looking yes. out at Shelly on the windshield just yep. looked odd. Yep. <laughs> it, was, yep. it was all it was all odd. But I, I liked when the she uh, goes flying off, goes losing her shoes. Yes, that's what I was going to say. She goes flying off the hood and her <laughs> shoes go flying. That was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so Becky goes uh, driving off, and um, do, 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 what does she do next? Oh, she enters the apartment, and she starts knocking on the door, and no one opens. And her neighbor says, hey, they left already. There's no one in there. So uh, Becky, she just hauls off and puts five bullets through the door. <laughs> so that's, yep. that's pretty good. <laughs> By the way, I like what's going on with Shelly, where Harry Dean Stanton has come up to kind of help her out and help yeah. her up and stuff like that. And then he's just she's like, I need to get back to the double R. Can you help? And he blows yep. this magic whistle. <laughs> yep. And a car just shows up. <laughs> his little uh, Volkswagen uh, van or whatever. That, he has a little driver. And yeah. what, a, what a little uh, contraption that is, because inside he's got like a CB 
and he's got all kind of stuff set up there, and he can just patch right yeah. into the sheriff's department. And so they call uh, Bobby. I always want to call that kid Billy. Bobby. Burns. So are we to believe? <laughs> are we to believe that Harry Dean Stanton is the adult version of the kid from H.R. Puffin stuff? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, Larry. I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps he was. Perhaps he was. Yeah, could be. What is his? So they call Pip. Sounds about right. Uh, it should be if it wasn't. But all right, guys. Yeah, they call Bobby <laughs> on the CB. When I'm thinking of drug Massachusetts, I declare this pizza to be awesome. Remember? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> good skit. Because so, uh, Bobby, of course, is uh, Becky's father, and he and Shelly are now divorced. So they call Bobby for help. And then the uh, the, the switchboard lady, the uh, dispatcher. And by the way, the Twin Peaks uh, Police Department. Their deputies, a lot of them are terrible, all right? <laughs> it looks like – I don't know who's doing the hiring at Twin Peaks these days, but the deputies are all terrible. But they have a pretty high-tech uh, you know, dispatch area. Yeah. Like computers. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, there is <laughs> a, a computer one. that comes that out of the desk. That is a board for a small <laughs> town like that. And then all these people are calling in with, uh, I, I guess, reporting the shootings at that hotel and, or the apartment building. And so the lady's answering all these calls. She's very busy. Um, then, uh, well, it turns out uh, Stephen and I guess the other lady he's banging, they're hiding downstairs, right? Well, that was all going <laughs> yeah. on. They're looking up. All right. Fuck Stephen. Um, so in Buckhorn, uh, South Dakota, right? Buckhorn, South Dakota. Yep. Uh, Hastings, Matthew Lillard, he leads the FBI and Detective Mackley. Uh, to the location where he claimed to have seen Major Briggs. Albert and Gordon spot a woodsman after Bill tells Preston about his uh, activity in the house. Uh, All right, right, anyway. So they're at this place where he thinks he saw Major Briggs. And you see the woodsman walking by like a dark, shadowy figure. That's the same figure they showed at the morgue. Remember a couple episodes ago when they... Oh, yeah. And I said, well, they show a guy walking, and we're like, oh, I... Jank, I, I don't even think you noticed, but there's a guy walking in the hallway, either. and I was like, I don't know who it was. For a second, I thought it was Hawk. That was this guy, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Like the that same. Thing. There you go. That's some continuity. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, uh, Larry, why don't you explain what happens here at this uh, scene when they go on the <laughs> property? <laughs> well, Cole, like, uh, he walks to a certain part within this fenced-off area, and he looks up at the sky, and the sky starts whirlpooling, almost like the sky's going down the bathroom drain. Like, it starts spinning, <laughs> and it starts making, like, a black hole, and Cole sees, like, I couldn't tell what it was. It looked like three or four people standing on a stairway. Yeah. Looked the like ghosts. The woodsman. Yep. See, I didn't... I. I I didn't know that was the word. I didn't know who that fuck that was. But um, he he sees a vision of them standing on like a pair of stairs in a house, and then he's almost getting sucked into the hole. And Albert comes and pulls him back to reality again. And uh, you know the sky clears up, goes back to normal. And then I think Albert says something like, "Well, I guess we found out." And then Cole says, "We sure did." Yeah, because before they went in the yard, I think Albert says, "Do you think one of them? There's one of them in there, or something like that, right?" And then he goes, "We'll find out." Oh. 
something like that. Yeah. 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 So I guess they expected to find a portal or some sort of dimensional rift at this location. And then Larry seems to, I'm guessing where that was leading to is the room above the convenience store. Yes. Yes. Where all those, we've seen the black lodge spirits hang out before. Yeah. Especially in fire walk with me. Yeah. Uh, So then Larry, they see a a naked body though over on the side there. Yeah. And it turns out it's the body of that. I can't remember the lady's name, but the school teacher that they found the head of. On librarian. Briggs is yeah, librarian. librarian. Ruth Davenport, oh, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it, yeah. They find her body. Yeah, the lady who matches uh, the whip. Yeah, yeah, supposedly so. murdered or murdered or whatever happened. But she has she has coordinates or a code of some kind, like written or tattooed on her forearm. Yes. It was her head that was found on General Briggs's body, and so this is her body. And her yeah. and Matthew Lillard were investigating the occult and all that uh, dimensional stuff, and that's how they got roped into all this. They had a blog. Yeah. <laughs> it was a blog, that's right. Yeah. Yep. All right, so next we go to the R&R Diner. Uh, well, uh, for, well, meanwhile, uh, Diane starts seeing the woodsman as well. Um, oh, yeah, that's and then right. all of a sudden, <laughs> Matthew well, Lillard's head happens. explodes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That all does happen. No, that happens right there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Diane sees the woodsman creeping up to the car, and then he, like, disappears, and then he reappears and disappears and reappears, and she doesn't do anything. And, uh, yeah, Matthew Lillard's head, you just hear him screaming, like, he starts shaking, <laughs> and boom, it explodes. And, yep. Yep. And then they're all like, what the hell Which happened? is what the woodsman did before <laughs> in, uh, remember, episode eight, where they were, the uh, got a light guy was crushing everyone's head. Oh, that's right. I yep. forgot about that. But, th- yeah, and this, but this is a different woodsman than the got a light guy, right? This is a... Yeah, I think they're all, they're all, you know, part of the same group, I guess. <laughs> now, <laughs> why, though? Like, like, what do they represent, these woodsmen? What do they represent? <laughs> I don't know. Like, why woodsmen? You know what I mean? Like, why woodsmen? Why not plumbers? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why? Maybe it has to do with the forest Maybe and cutting down the trees. Maybe it has to do with the forest and Twin Peaks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the haunted trees and all that, but all right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would think. I don't think it makes any sense. So uh, at the Double R Diner, we see Bobby meeting with Shelly and Becky. Now, this scene here. I think my favorite part. Uh, well, there's a couple things to talk about here. Uh, one, I love yeah. Norma. Uh, Peggy Lipton. Every like 20 seconds, they just show a shot of Norma looking concerned. This is all. <laughs> this is all Peggy Lipton. This yeah. entire season, all Peggy Lipton does is she's doing her paperwork, do her bills, yeah. And then every once in a while, she'll look look up, looking very concerned. That's all she does. Yeah. And they cut to her at least five times in this scene. <laughs> And it is like I guess it's unintentionally hilarious, or maybe they were doing it to be funny, but it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so Bobby and Shelly are trying to talk some sense into Becky, and they're like, "What do you want a divorce? Do you want it?" And then she goes, "No, I love him. She doesn't want to leave her husband, even though she wants to kill him." Well, first she yeah. says she does him. want it out. She's like, "I want out." And then she's like, "Oh, you want a divorce?" And she's like, "Uh, I don't know. He's a pretty good guy." He always tell, he's always out looking for work, or at least that's oh, what he thought. tells me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hey, at least Shelly just Bobby didn't cry in this scene. 
<laughs> so, so Shelly's like rolling her eyes. But you know who does cry is Shelly. Because she's like, I don't want to lose you, baby. And, and then she starts, and then right away, Becky, she goes, Oh, mom, I'm so sorry I threw you off the car there. Are you okay? <laughs> like, it just, like it just yeah. dawned on her that, that her hours, mother was, she still was clinging to the car hood. And she threw her off, spun her off. And she's like, Oh, mom, that's right. You were that lady who was clinging to the hood of my car earlier. Are you okay? <laughs> it's so bizarre. Clinging to the hood of your car. That's exactly yeah. It. yeah it's not even her car. Stole your uh, car and then flung you off of it. So Shelly's uh, hugging her, and, they're, and Shelly's crying, saying, I don't want to lose you and all this stuff. And it looks like, oh, they're going to be a little family again. And then uh, Shelly spots some uh, ne'er-do-well walking up to the window. <laughs> some douchebag. <laughs> For a second, I thought it was James. 40-something-year-old ne'er-do-well. Yeah, because he looked like – I thought it was James. I was like, oh, fuck. Please, oh, that no, wasn't James. James? No. No, luckily, no. <laughs> So, Larry, you thought that was James? I did. Like, what? what, what, is this the scene where she runs out and they're they're talking and then she kisses him and he he leaves? Oh, I thought that was James. I'm like, oh, James James is back again. James is like bald now. Yeah, James is bald now. Uh, So, uh, Shelly, one second she's crying. She's desperate to save her daughter. She sees this douchebag outside the window waving at her. She just lights up like a uh, lovesick girl. She gets all yeah. happy and giddy. Well, it's like and she just like like yeah. Jason Lee says though, Mike. They all, at the end of the day, all every woman wants is just some good deep dicking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your your kid might be a ne'er do well and a loser and on the verge of death from drugs and stuff, but I mean, here comes here comes a bone, so that takes precedence over everything. Yeah. <laughs> so she just right away put you know pushes off Becky, straightens her little her, her little skirt or waitress outfit, and runs off outside the door. She gets the guy yep. to start kissing, and then she turns around. She sees Bobby looking at him. She goes, oh, wait, we better move to the other side. So they get out of the way of the door <laughs> so he can't see him, and then they just kiss some more. And then he's like, hey, the same place as usual? She's like, yeah. And then she runs back in, and he goes running off. And uh, you, you know that guy's trouble. That guy, she's kissing yeah. trouble. He's not an upstanding guy. I thought it was James. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we see Shelly still making the same mistake she made as a youth. And her daughter is repeating the same cycle. Oh, <laughs> yep. heart, it's heartbreaking. It but is. then you see Bobby. Bobby, he, you know, it hurts seeing his ex-wife in love with this other fellow. Yeah. So, so then out of nowhere. They really oh, have done a good job of, like, making Bobby seem like a good dude. <laughs> yeah, Bobby. As much I as like he Bobby. started out, like, as kind of just a douchebag, you know, boy, drug-dealing boyfriend. Like, he, yeah, he really has kind of, yeah. <laughs> but it makes really, me wonder I why like they got Bobby divorced. Like was she was she yeah. running around on him? Was she catting around? Is that what happened? Could be. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't um, know. I, I bet it was Gordon Cole. He probably came into town, threw it to her, and then left. And he's like, oh, <laughs> "I don't want to be here with you." Yeah, Gordon Cole's throwing it everywhere. <laughs> we'll see yeah, we'll later get to that on. a little bit later. <laughs> oh. yeah. So, um, so when Shelley comes back in, they sit down. Suddenly, a bullet goes through the window of the place. Someone just shoots through the window. And everyone's panicking. He's like, yeah. get down, get down. And then here's what I like. Norma, like the true pro she is, right away says, turn off the lights. <laughs> Norma's been in a lot of gang hits. She knows <laughs> yeah. to turn the lights off right away. <laughs> so they can't get a target. I love that Norma. She's always thinking. Always <laughs> thinking. So I can't tell you she's how close I was to punching my television at this next oh. scene. 
Yeah. <laughs> this fucking lady beeping the horn. I would. I wanted to kill this lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah and then once you see her, it's even lady. worse. She's just the most annoying person you've ever imagined. Yeah. Yeah. At least she's like she's hot or something. Like, oh, it's okay. But no, no, <laughs> she's a big, you know, <laughs> repugnant lady. Oh, but anyway, before we get to that, so so Bobby <laughs> runs off, and what happened was a little kid in the back of a minivan found a gun and he shot it, and it went out, went through the diner's window. So Bobby takes the gun away from him, and uh, he's trying to talk to the parents, and the little kid, you want to talk about a bad seed. That kid looks like yeah. trouble, you know? <laughs> He's what, dead inside. What was going on here when Bobby was just staring at the kid? What did he see in that kid? Well, he saw that the kid's evil, and the kid's going to grow yeah. and like, be a trouble. And then he looked at the dad, and he's like, oh, it's exactly like his dad. He's going to be the same fucking thing. But, yeah, that kid, he's a bad seed. He's like the baby. He's like the Ed's of the baby. You know what I'm saying? It's a little, <laughs> he's like six yeah. years old. He's already into gunplay. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't he's phased like, at all by the fact that he just shot up his diner. He just yeah, he's standing there dead eyed. <laughs> yeah, he's standing there with like his hand on his hip and looking like an old gunslinger and he's kinda like, Yeah, there's more where that came from. What are you gonna do about it, Sheriff? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Like, I didn't pick old. up on that. <laughs> so and the whole time this is going on, like Larry said, there's just a lady leaning on her car horn constantly. Ugh. Constantly. Ugh. And it goes on for a while. Uh, yeah. So then another sheriff a deputy shows up and Bobby tells him what happened and he goes, "I'll try and get this lady to quit honking her horn." So he goes around and he's trying to get her to shop and she just starts screaming how she's going to be late and someone's coming to dinner and they, you know, don't you know? And my and she's sick. Uncle. And we gotta, yeah. So then we haven't seen him in a long she, time. It doesn't look like anyone's over there, but she keeps referring to a she. And then so Bobby looks in the car and there's this little, like a little girl, I guess I don't know, twelve, thirteen <laughs> yeah. or something. And she looks like an extra on The Exorcist, and, and she sits up, <laughs> and she looks like a zombie, and she just starts puking out of her mouth and screaming <laughs> and moaning. And and Bobby, to his credit, he just keeps looking at it. He just. <laughs> <laughs> what is much, happening much, in this scene? The only reaction what is you going can have on? To that. <laughs> what is this jank? What is happening? I don't know. Yeah, what is happening? I wish I could tell you, but I don't know. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. So, like, Bobby just takes all this in. Like, yeah, I see this every day. This happens to me all the time. This probably does I, happen a I lot in Twin Peaks. This lady <laughs> is so concerned about getting home for dinner. They're late for dinner, and the, somebody's in town. Yet the child in the seat next to you is gray. <laughs> And is throwing up green <laughs> shit all over the place, and you gotta get. I don't think this kid wants to eat right now. Well, <laughs> I don't understand I this get scene. Going to the hospital. I didn't get it either. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I was hoping Jank like, could enlighten like us tonight. Yeah, Jank, did they ever yeah. refer to this again at any point? Yeah, the dossier. <sighs> no, not that I can think of. <laughs> well, then what's the point of it? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> do, you, do you think at any point when they're filming this, like the the guy who plays Bobby, like after they're filming it, like he just turns to David Lynch and says, "What the fuck? Like, what are we doing?" Yeah. Like I, can, I think I he would, see, but like, then he realizes this is the life. first job he's had in twenty years, so <laughs> <laughs> he thinks better of it. Well, well, he was you on. Know, an he shows of up on K Rock Radio. 
and, and they'll ask him, like, well, so what's the new season about? And I'm like, I don't know. No idea. I just got done. We we spent six months on it. I couldn't tell you one thing. Good luck, fans. Oh, they want, oh, they want you to keep it secret so you don't spoil anything? No, I just really couldn't tell you what it was because I have no fucking clue what we were yeah, doing. Yeah, I, I didn't get it. I've read all the None scripts. I just don't, I don't even think Lynch knew it. You know? so, uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so after all that. Anyway. I just I just wish they would have cut one more time to Norma at the window of the diner just looking concerned. No one really capped it all. Brought it home. So then we see Hawk and uh Frank, uh Robert Forrester. Uh they're discussing their destination given by Major Briggs. Um Yeah, they're they're looking at a map. <laughs> yeah, that was in the chair, right? That was what they got out of the chair, correct? Um, all that stuff. Uh, no, I think this map was just something that Hawk has. Like he was talking about how his people yeah. had this map, and it's oh, always Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got that reason. little metal tube out of the chair with like the yeah, tube. yeah. All right. With those little notes in it, with that same symbol that's in the sky on the map. Yeah, and then when, like yeah. Evil, so you don't, don't want to like know about that symbol. Like... <laughs> yeah, Frank asks Hawk about. It. He says, "You don't want to know about that." And he says, "Really?" Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so presumably uh, that symbol is Judy then. So remember that was the same thing that Doppelganger Coop had on the playing card is what he was after. Yep. So I'm assuming he's going after Judy for some reason. <laughs> what that is, I don't quite Who's know. Who's Judy? Judy's the big evil spirit <laughs> behind all this. Yeah, that hatched all the other ones. Are Are you here during these episodes, what? Larry? When we talk about this stuff? <laughs> Where I I've never heard the name Judy in reference to this show. Thirty nine episodes or whatever into it, I've never heard Judy. We, uh, that was when uh, David, yeah, David Bowie popped up in um, Firewalk with me, and he was like, "We're not going to talk about Judy. We're going to leave her out of this." Oh. And uh, so then, basically, then we saw the big, you know, female form demon thing that was spitting out the smoke in part eight. That all the other, you know, yeah. All the yeah, all the spirits came from. <laughs> so that was Judy. And then like oh, that evil right. that evil spirit that came in the glass box and like murdered those kids. Yeah. Then that was probably Judy too, right? Yeah, theoretically. Okay. So there you go. And also that little right. symbol, Jank. Uh, isn't that also the same symbol on the ring? Isn't that on the ring as well? Yep. So it's go. a version of that. At least I think a, that was more yeah. diamond shape, where this one's circular. But yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. That's also the same uh, symbol on the back of Spider-Man, right? <laughs> a little different. A little different. Yeah, so, just a couple so of then Hawk gets another Hawk gets another phone call from the log lady, and she says, where you're going, there's going to be fire. Yeah. So. They talked a lot about the fire on there and the, the black, black horn and stuff like that. Yeah. Blackfire, which yeah. there's something I, I've never understood, but I saw someone mention this online before. That, you know, they're talking about this black corn that means death and that kind of thing. There's a line in Fire Walk with me where Laura Palmer says something about her being a turkey in the corn, <laughs> which just seemed like a weird thing out of nowhere. Yeah. But then they have later on in, you know, episode 12, like uh, Sarah Palmer freaks out when she sees that turkey jerky. <laughs> so I don't know oh, if that something, has something to do with anything <laughs> or if that's oh. just David Lynch being weird. Uh I'll go with the latter. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, Very possible. 
So uh, also during this meeting, uh, one of the deputies comes up and he knocks on the door and interrupts them. And when uh, Robert Forrester goes and answers the door, the deputy says, hey, Sheriff, you want to come see my new car? <laughs> it's like, not right now. We're in a meeting. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I mean. Who's in charge of hiring these deputies? <laughs> where is EUI Roy this episode? <laughs> He'll be back. Chad. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. He looks like Roy from the office when he had a DUI in that mugshot. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) They probably put Lucy uh, in charge of hiring. That's why everyone's so terrible. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So then Gordon's hand is shaking. uh, He's having a little sit-down with Albert and Tammy at the uh, police chief's office. And uh, remember in the old days, uh, Cooper's hand was shaking. Yeah. Some other people's hands were shaking. Some other random point. people in the town, yeah. So he asked to see uh, Albert's photo of the coordinates on uh, Ruth's arm, the dead body's arm there, and because uh, he took a picture of it. And while he's uh, showing him the coordinates, uh, Diane's sneaking a peek, you know. Yeah. Not being very subtle about mouthing the entire thing, and this is clearly yeah. trying to memorize these numbers. Um, hmm, so anything else important happen here? Well, Gordon says that they, they saw a dirty, like, homeless man with a beard. And then Diane says, oh, I, I think I may have s- seen him get into the police car earlier. And they're like, what? Oh, should have mentioned never... that. Yeah. And she goes, oh, well, I must have been mistaken. You were standing, like, 10 feet away. <laughs> how how could you mistake someone getting into a car from, like, it, this was all weird, too. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything with Diane's strange. <laughs> it's just odd. Uh, so now we're at the Lucky Seven Insurance Company, which I never knew that was the name of it, uh, by Bushnell <laughs> Mullen, the owner. And he calls yep. Dougie into his office. And <laughs> doing Doug... some weird push-ups off of his desk. Yeah, because he's a former boxer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Dougie is led there by coffee. The guy, like, brings the coffee to, like, lure him into the office. And um, uh, Mullen, Mullins tells Cooper that his work has uh, – Revealed organized crime business as well as a corrupt police officer. He says that the Mitchum brothers called him, uh, wishing to meet with Dougie. And Mullins prepares a check for the brothers to cover their hotel, which was brought down by an accidental fire and not arson. Because Jim Belushi and that other guy, the casino guys, they wanted to kill Dougie because they thought they screwed him out of their insurance payment. And he was also taking them and cheating them out of the casino because he wanted his 400 grand or whatever. So they were planning to kill Dougie. But now, from was this because of Dougie did that paperwork with the weird symbols and everything, and they realized, yep. oh, you know what, this isn't. Yeah, he was the one who found that the other. It was the other guy, the guy who sold him the policy and was now trying to pin it on Dougie. He was the one who screwed him out of the money at the behest of that other casino guy. <laughs> so now Dougie's going to deliver a check for whatever, like thirty million or whatever it is, to uh, yeah. the Casino Brothers. But they're planning to kill him. So look out. But um <laughs> yep. drama. I couldn't tell in this scene, like when he gives Dougie the check, the boss guy, I'm like, you know, because he after Dougie leaves the office, the boss guy kind of makes a weird face. So I'm like, is he in on this? Like, does he know he's sending him to the wolves to get killed? 
or is he just naive and thinks Dougie's doing a great <laughs> job? I, I couldn't I couldn't yeah, figure it out. I think he's way. I think he's naive, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's he knowingly Dougie. sending Dougie into anything here. Yeah, he just thinks Dougie's doing a great job. Um <laughs> so when they're everybody seems they're to leaving, like Dougie and think he's doing great. <laughs> Even though he's just a dumbass. Although he hasn't talked yet. He hasn't really said anything. <laughs> he's just having one of his spells. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when they're leaving, uh, when Mullins is escorting Cooper out, uh, Cooper sees Mike uh, in the red room in the doorway of a bakery, which I didn't even mm-hmm. notice. I yeah. just thought he saw he saw pie. That's what he went. He's like and waving he him starts, in, and he st- starts walking towards him, and then he comes back with a big box, and uh, Mullins takes him to the limousine that he hired and sends him out in the desert to meet with these uh, casino guys, because that's where you want to meet casino dudes, in the middle of a desert. Well, I think well, no, he no, did, no. like, uh, the boss did ask the limo driver, driver, like, well, where are you going? And he said some kind of restaurant or something. Oh, yeah, okay. They didn't lie about fancy it. Fancy restaurant. And he's like, oh, yeah, no. he's like, oh, you'll like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the casino guys got to the driver and said, you bring him out. To the... All right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was the same limo driver who took Dougie home that one time. Yes, because he said uh, red, door. Like, yeah. hey, red door. Yeah, red door. I was busting gems at a point. So <laughs> yeah, um, I hear you. So, uh, so they have their little meeting, and Jim Belushi tells the other guy, "Hey, I had a dream. Uh, in, in the dream, your cut of his face is healed. So he takes <laughs> off his banjo, and, and his cut's gone. When that uh, blonde lady smacked him with the TV remote, that cut's all healed." He's huh, that's weird. So when Dougie gets there, he's like, hey, in my dream, there's one thing in that box that if he has it, we can't kill him. It's his one particular thing. If we have it, we can't kill him. And his brother's like, oh, that's yeah. crazy, whatever. He says, just go look in the box. So, Jake, they go and look in the box, and what's in the box? A cherry pie. <laughs> A cherry pie. That's right. Cherry <laughs> pie, cherry pie. So... <laughs> They're like, holy shit, your dreams are coming true here or whatever. So then uh, we can't kill Dougie. And then he tells him to frisk him anyway. So he frisks him and he <laughs> says, this guy doesn't even have a wallet. But he finds the envelope in his coat pocket and uh, he opens it up. It's addressed to them. And it's a big check for the $30 million or however much it was. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah it was so they're all happy. So they're all happy. And now they're best buddies with Dougie. <laughs> yep. They love they Dougie. out the eating shit. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> they go to that big fancy restaurant, I guess, where they're supposed to go. Probably they go to that yeah. restaurant, and uh, yep. they're they're enjoying the pie, and they're like, "Oh, this is damn good pie." <laughs> and Dougie's like, "Damn good, yeah, damn good pie." Yep. <laughs> yep. Kind of starts you know to what, register it a little bit. You know what bit. I don't like about this scene is the the abundance of Jim Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah, that's that. never good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Dougie's having a hard time with the whole, like, cheers thing. He keeps trying to take everyone else's drink. <laughs> yeah. He thinks they're handing it to him. <laughs> and then he takes a sip, a sip of champagne, and then, like, there was a moment. And I'm like, oh, maybe the booze is what's going to bring uh, Cooper back. Because, <laughs> like, for a second you thought, like, all right, something's kicking in. But not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> not so much. Even the song, like, he right, looked here, like he here. was really intent on that song for a second. I don't know what that had to do with anything. I got, I got another I question. Know. 
um, this better, you know, this might be one of those. Larry, are you even watching this show? Where <laughs> is Bizarro Cooper right now? Is he in jail or they killed him? Uh, right? uh, he broke out of jail. Last we saw him was he was with Tim Roth guys- and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, and he kissed her and was like, "All right, I'm I'm leaving." So we don't really know exactly where. All right, yeah. but, but we he, will find out because he got shot. In the belly, <laughs> but he's out. He? Yeah, remember all the woodsmen came over and they revived him. Uh, yeah, and then that's when we had the big thirty-minute oh, origins right. of Twin Peaks scene. Yeah, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. With all Judy, right. I love. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was my imitation of. Uh, Goober on the Andy Griffith show doing his imitation of Cary Grant. Judy, Judy, Judy. Oh. <laughs> well, that was my imitation of Larry David doing an imitation of Cary Grant. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, so yeah, the, the episode just ends with Cooper having another piece of pie. That's pretty much it. Yeah. After the old lady who uh, called him Mr. Jackpots comes by and thanks him again. Oh, that's right. She's apparently turned her whole life around now. Yeah, now she's reunited like with her son and Gilligan's Island. Yeah. She's all fancy and, and uh, <laughs> got herself a house. And also, we see Candy, you that really? blonde lady. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, Candy. She's she's still acting weird. She's still a little disconnected. <laughs> all three of those girls are weird. The other two at least seem kind of with it. Candy's just always off in her own world. Yeah, she's spaced out for she sure. They have to say her name like five um, times before she acknowledges anyone. You know, like, as far as sticking to continuity, uh, as far as this show goes, you really think <laughs> Agent Cooper, the pie, would have kicked something back into, you know, yeah. normal. Yeah. I was hoping the coffee would do it. The pie back in episode three or four. Yeah, <laughs> there's all kind of little things that, that you can sense. see are you know getting a slight response, but nothing ever seems to actually you know bring him back fully. <laughs> oh, even uh, if one interesting season, he's still not back. Well, don't ruin it. We got to get there, Larry. Calm down. We got to get there. <laughs> all right. Um. Right. So yeah, he eats it a piece of pie, and that's how it ends. We don't we don't go to the roadhouse for a musical performance at the end of this episode. So yeah, that's it's true. Yeah. It's just the guy playing the piano. <laughs> the, there is a uh, is that, there is a bit of trivia here Bert on this Bacharach? webpage. <laughs> no, it's not Bert Bacharach. Uh There's a moment in the opening scene of Shelley's shoes flying off as she is thrown from the hood of the car. That was not planned, really. Huh. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> well, I'm also guessing that wasn't <laughs> Shelley. It was a man wearing lady uh, shoes. But, uh, shooting, uh, while shooting the first take, stunt double Kristen Foe's shoes came loose while she was falling off the car, with the resulting image impressing David Lynch so much that a further shot of Madchen Amick as Shelley retrieving her shoes was filmed. But I don't recall her going to get her shoes. I think they cut her either. Because, because the whole time when she was leaving with uh, Harry Dean Stanton, I was like, go get your shoes. <laughs> I don't know where that car has been <laughs> Alright So episode 12 oh, We're almost home Alright uh, Let's rock 
Yeah. yeah. Rock. So we're in Buckhorn, uh, South Dakota. Albert, Tammy, and Gordon are having a drink, and the men quietly inform Tammy about Project Blue Book. And they're, they're, they want to bring her into Project Blue Book because there's only been three agents. Yeah, the Blue Albert, Rose Task Force. Oh, yeah, Blue Book, I keep saying, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah after, after, they mentioned Project Blue Book here. After Project Blue yep. Book, they, they created uh, the Blue Rose Task Force to investigate paranormal alien and all that kind of stuff, basically the X-Files, which is where David Duchovny stole the idea and then became a millionaire. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So they tell Tammy, you know, yeah, they, there's only been three three agents: uh, Albert, Cooper, and uh, Chris Isaac. <laughs> They're the three. And two of and them David have disappeared. Bowie. What about David Bowie? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. David Bowie. So there's been. Four. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's David <laughs> yep. Bowie. Everyone except Albert is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, did you have a question about David Bowie, Larry? No, no, I was going to say it's David Bowie, Chris Isaac, and Cooper. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Albert's the only one left, and they need help, so they want to bring her into the Blue Rose, and she accepts. And, yay, she's with the Blue Rose now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so apparently the Blue Rose Task Force, they mentioned a little bit in the books, um, that it started with a case of a woman who was basically on trial for murder. Uh, she murdered her own tulpa. Uh, and the telephone, oh. as it was dying, said something about uh, it being like the Blue Rose. And so that's where they got the name of the task force. <laughs> oh. Well, what did they call the task force before they went on that case then? Uh, the I, <laughs> I think that was very early on. That's probably one of the things. That might have even been one of the things that Project Blue Book investigated before it shut down. Because I think they mentioned that the – the Blue Rose Task Force was meant to follow up on things that, you know, the cover-up of the close of Project Blue Book didn't resolve. Yeah. And, of course, I, we did a segment here on Project Blue Book about a month or two months ago. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. Go back and listen, if you dare. <laughs> this is really who, who would go to the archives of this show. Must have been Everybody. during October. <laughs> um. So then they also bring in Diane, and they say, "Hey, Diane, uh, we need help. Uh, we're ready. We're going to deputize you to be part of the Blue Rose Task Force." And she says, "What's in it for me?" And they say, "Well, a little, a money, not much." Uh, and then they say, "Well, you also get to figure out what happened to your buddy Cooper. You know, you'll get to get, find the truth about what happened." So Diane mm-hmm. thinks it over for a second. And then what does she say, Larry? I don't remember. <laughs> she just said it like two seconds ago. I was, I was, I was reading something. I was setting you up. Oh, Jake, the softball. What does Diane say? Let's rock. Let's rock. <laughs> Ah, that's and right. She, All right. Yeah. And she puts up her hand with two fingers. I'm trying fingers to figure like, out if the hand's on hold or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, does the number begin with 702? No. And it's not the Ed. So don't no, worry. I don't know. So she says, hey, let's rock. And it was very awkward <laughs> and weird. And I, But it's well, that's, just David Lynch, right? It's just what he does. Well, I... That's, I mean, that, that phrase has come up before on the show. Like, I think the little guy in, um, you know, the uh, arm, has said that at one point in one you of the You know where dreams. else it was? 
You know where else it was? Uh, it was on mm, the windshield of the car in Fire Walk With Me. Yes, that's right. I just thought of that. Yep. How about that? Yep. That's rock. So now does that lead us to believe that she's being influenced by an evil spirit? Certainly possible. Her Diane? Yes. <laughs> that would explain the haircut. <laughs> I like the haircut. I love that kind of haircut. I just don't know if it looks good on her. That's the only problem. But, you know. I, well, yeah, I don't I know if that. anything looks good on Laura Dern. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so now we get another spot, a uh, scene of Jerry Horn, Ben Horn's little brother. Looks like Mike Boogie. <laughs> and he runs Still out of the water woods. in the woods. Yeah. He looks like Mike I Boogie. I think he looks like Mike Boogie. I can kind of see that. From Big Brother? No, the other <laughs> Mike. Yes, from Big Brother. <laughs> All right. There's a little bit no, of the, resemblance there. The Mike Boogie from War and Peace. <laughs> that Mike Boogie. <laughs> I'm just saying, Mike Boogie's like a young dude, and Jerry's an old hippie. <laughs> but when he was younger, he reminded me of Mike Boogie, you know? But anyway. Oh, back. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. You're talking back in season <laughs> one and shit, maybe. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Right. Now he looks like Mike Boogie's dad. All right, so, <laughs> he looks like Letterman now. <laughs> so now we see Sarah Palmer buying alcoholic beverages and cigarettes at a grocery store, and she yeah, also man. inquires about some unfamiliar jerky being sold at the store. <laughs> there's, there's a big display behind the cashier. Once again, yeah, go ahead, Larry. Another another scene where I'm watching this and I'm like. I, I just don't under. I am definitely missing shit. Why is she freaking out about the beef jerky? They're gonna make fun of me later about this. I, uh, well, no, I, really, I don't know. I think it's just to imply that she's losing her mind and she's going crazy, and she notices. Yeah, it seems like she's different. arguing with someone in her own head, where she's kind of like talking to herself, like get up, go, just go to the car. <laughs> I think uh, if I can make a literary reference, Larry, it's kind of like uh, in the sound in the fury when the kid like he they take mm. him in a different way and he, he he notices something something's <laughs> new to him, uh, so he starts flipping out. He starts having uh, he starts freaking out, and I think she noticed that something was new in the store, something was different, and and it rattled her because it shook her calm, uh, stable world. You know, she likes to keep things nice and steady. And so yeah. something new, it started freaking her out. And she said, there's going to be men. They're going to be coming. And uh, <laughs> the cashier and the little stock boy, they're like, what the hell's going on here? And, and she <laughs> just leaves. And by the way, she got $131 worth of uh, booze and cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was buying vodka like it's going out of style. I think she cleaned it out. $77. What? Yeah, that's what I paid. Okay. Damn. For a carton of cigarettes, so you're paying seventy-seven dollars you? to get cancer every time you, you're like here. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. And then you know, yeah. booze ain't cheap. She's probably drinking the hard shit. Yeah. She ain't buying Pat's Blue Ribbon. She's probably buying you know gallons of whiskey. <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't. Larry, you like uh, Mirnoff, I think. Uh, Larry, if you took that $77 and you just put in a little bit more extra cash, you could almost purchase one of Scopely's Black Friday sales. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I already have. Think how much money you're wasting. 500,000 coins. 
I know. <laughs> Let's see, cancer yeah. or Rusev charge? Cancer? Or, yeah, all right. <laughs> you, you probably made the right choice. They're about the same. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she flips out and she leaves. Uh. So then we see Carl Rod. Who the fuck is Carl Rod? <laughs> oh, that's uh Harry yeah. Stanton. Oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. He stops a trailer park resident, Chris Gall. Uh, it seems like a fake name. Asking him about his income because uh, the guy's been selling blood. And he's like, here, here's 50 bucks because this guy does a lot of work around the trailer park without getting paid. He says, next time you uh, you need food, you, you come to me. Don't go sell your blood. I don't like it. So, yeah. All right. yeah, it's good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know I guess we needed that scene. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, I want to know what was cut out of this. I want to see the missing pieces of this season. Because, wow, they had to dig pretty deep if a lot of this shit's still yeah. Um Cooper is so taken true. outside by Sonny Jim to play some catch. Oh, what, Cooper? We mean Dougie Jones, Cooper. And uh, you, you can already tell this isn't going to end well. So Sonny Jim, he, he tries to throw the ball to Cooper. It just hits him and bounces down. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, who would have thought? Not exactly yeah. adept at these things. <laughs> uh, Larry, I think the best game of catch ever is on Letterkenny, right? When uh, Squirrely Dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is one of the greatest scenes in that show. <laughs> Has uh, some attentions paid to <laughs> my buttholes. <laughs> that is one of the greatest scenes. Uh, it's fucking. His, I remember the first time I watched it, I had to rewind it. I laughed so fucking hard, I had to watch it again. <laughs> um, all right, then we see uh, Miriam, the uh, school teacher who Richard Horn beat up. Uh, she's laying unconscious in a hospital bed at Calhoun yeah. Memorial Hospital. If you're scoring at home, uh, then we see Diane responding to a text message. She's asking. Uh, she's asked Las Vegas question mark. And then she responds with, they haven't asked yet. And, of course, she's been communicating with Evil Cooper. Yep. Um, so Frank, Sheriff Frank there, he visits Ben Horn. And we get to see Ashley Judd for a little bit, so that's always nice. Um, <laughs> but he, he tells uh, Ben Horn about his grandson Richard committing the hit and run that killed the little boy and his subsequent attempted murder of Miriam. Ben reflects on Richard's trouble past and uh, then he shows Cooper the hotel key, or he shows Frank Cooper's hotel key. Yeah, Truman. Um, which he had intended to give to Harry, uh, Frank's brother, as a memento. Frank leaves with the key, and Ben tells Beverly, Ashley Dudd, about Richard and his father. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, about Richard. Never having a father. Yes. And then the way this is written is bad. Uh, Richard and his <laughs> father, Ben's father. He tells her a story about his father who gave him a bike, and he used to love riding his bike. And uh, his dad <laughs> gave him that bike. So but Richard never had green. a dad. Yeah, Richard never had a dad <laughs> to give him a bike. Uh, did you ride a bike when you were a kid, Larry? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was reflecting on my own bike memories. I loved riding <laughs> bikes. I mean, I I didn't, uh, like, I didn't deck it out with the mags. I just had a, like the stock Huffy. It was a Huffy Pro Thunder. It was blue and yellow and that was the only bike I really ever had as a kid but I rode the shit out of it. I can't remember the last time I saw a kid in the neighborhood or anywhere else riding a bike. 
Huh. I'm not saying, uh, you know, I live right rare. on the corner. I, I live on a corner, so, you know, a lot of times if I'm outside cutting the grass, I might see one. Maybe in the course of the summer, I see it maybe six, eight times, but it's usually just them walking, uh, you know, texting but, on their phones. Yeah, because they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, like, virtually riding a bike on their cell phone. Because when I was a kid, I lived yeah. on a street, there's probably about eight to ten, maybe twelve kids on the street, all told, going all the way up and down the street. And all we would do every day, all day, ride our bikes. <laughs> we just ride our bikes. <laughs> yeah. We had a nice, we had a nice like dirt trail at the top of my road, and it, it went on for miles. So I spent a lot of time riding that. There were like and we weren't and wearing helmets. We weren't these nope. pussies no. with the helmets. <laughs> Elbow nope. pads and knee pads. Just go on your None bike. None of that. Ride. Yeah. Like even the bike didn't have pads on it usually. You know, like the one across the bar where your balls hit, or the, you know, the one <laughs> in between the handlebars, whatever they call that thing now. It, gooseneck or whatever they always had that pad in the middle but yeah. they usually ripped off and you just left them off alright uh, yeah. so anyway um, um, you, we skipped the scene though we skipped the scene uh, well, let, me just say real quick, Hawk, let me just say real quick ben, ben Horn agrees to pay for the medical bills of that teacher so that's nice of him yeah, yeah. yeah. alright anyway. All right, Larry what did we miss uh, there's a scene where Hawk goes to um, oh that's right Laura Palmer mom's house, her mom's house. Mm-hmm. And there's like some, he says, uh, everything good. And she's like, I know you're here about me flipping out at the grocery store. And he's like, yeah, I heard about that. You just need to relax, calm the fuck down. And then like, uh, <laughs> you know, he hears a noise in the kitchen and he's like, everything all right in there. And she said, yeah. And is there anybody with you in there? And she's like, no, there's something in the kitchen. And that's all she says. Like, what, what's that in yeah. reference to? I don't know. I mean, we know well, she's got something inside of her, yeah. but I didn't think that was like a separate thing. It could be one of the other Black Lodge spirits or something like that. Yeah, maybe that little cricket finally crawled out of her and he's having a beer. He's sitting on a beer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you remember that cricket, Larry, that went inside her? Remember that? No. Or that that frog, or the whatever frog it was. yeah, the frog yeah. bug thing. Yeah, uh, Larry, you really got to go back and watch episode eight again. And yeah, it's pretty tough. Yeah, There's some like so it, much. Some, some half frog, half cricket thing crawled in her mouth when she was a young girl, and uh, that's why I guess all this has happened to Laura and everything. So I don't know. It's yeah, weird. part of it. One of the many reasons. <laughs> So there you go. Um, so Gordon. Oh, now we see Gordon. He's in his hotel room with a French <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> he's, telling her, he's telling her his war stories until Albert shows up, and they uh, ask the lady to step outside while they talk. And this lady takes about thirty minutes to get up off the couch and yeah, leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so good, though. <laughs> It's something. I don't have good. Everything about this scene is weird. Like yeah. even once you leave, they don't talk for a long time, and Albert just kind of looks at him. Yeah. That that like because I is, is this the same scene? I can't remember. But after she leaves, Gordon tells a joke. Well, <laughs> yeah. is that is well, that Gordon says, yeah, about uh, the farm? 
Yeah. If Gordon says this lady here I was meeting with her uh her she's in town to visit her friends her friend's mom or something and uh their daughter disappeared and uh they they uh thought she uh went to a turnip farm or something, right? She disappeared from a turnip farm. And she said, I told her not yeah. to worry, your daughter will turn up sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> and and then they stare at each other for at yeah. least 25, 30 seconds. They just keep cutting back and forth, and neither one's saying anything. And it's fucking, I laugh so goddamn hard. Because <laughs> Cole says, uh, it was so yeah, good. she didn't get it either. She's French. It doesn't translate well or something like that. <laughs> but, but then there's I guess it's right after that cuz he tells him that joke before right before at the end of the scene, right? Towards the end of the scene, I think. And then uh, then he puts his hand on Albert's shoulder cuz they're still just staring at each other and he starts squeezing his shoulder again. He knows. Yeah, that's the yeah. move, I guess. Like he did with Diane a couple He's of seasons. I'll take all of it. <laughs> He'll harass and he everyone. says, "Albert." He's like, "Albert, I got to tell you, I worry about you sometimes. <laughs> it was very funny. It was really, really funny. Uh, like, I actually laughed out loud. I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, <laughs> I love that whole scene. That whole scene. Anytime Cole and Albert are on the screen, in. it's great. Those guys are great. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. They're a good duo. Well, basically, the reason Albert came to the hotel room, uh, he had they've been monitoring Diane's phones. They've been intercepting her texts, and he reads the two texts, Las Vegas. They haven't asked yet, and he tells Cole, and Cole says, well, well uh, oh, no, this is how it happened. Uh, Cole said, all right, yeah, well, we'll monitor it. We'll keep an eye. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something because they're trying to figure out what they haven't told her yet. And yep. he says, well, we'll figure it out. But at the moment, I want to get back to my Bordeaux. And then Albert yeah. says, what kind is it? What kind is it? And Cole sits there looking at him for a couple of seconds, and then he looks at his watch, and he says, 11.03. <laughs> so he puts his arm down, and they're just staring at each other. Albert no-soldered. He's a wrestling is. term. He yeah. no-soldered. He's just staring right at Cole. And they just keep staring at him. And then that's, that's when Albert, that's when, uh, yes, that's when Cole puts his hand on Albert's shoulder, and he starts squeezing. He says, Albert? Sometimes I worry about you. Yeah. Oh my God! It's so good. What kind is it? Oh my God! Um, the thing was, uh, like after that was all said and done, I was like, man, did he really have to make the French lady leave for that? Like cold. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, we'll just keep Not an eye on it. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to get a beaver. <laughs> But how, Cole knows how to do it. You know, just, put on that, what age do you think she was? How old do you think that French lady uh, was? She's in her 30s. 30s. Yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah, I was thinking 30s. Yeah. And I liked her. Um, Probably 36 or so. But uh, when – here's the thing, that Cole, he knows what he's doing. Just goes right to the French hookers. Don't worry about dating. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Because when that scene started at first, when it first opened, I thought Tammy was – that was Tammy on the couch with him. Oh. I'm like, oh, wait, no. That's not Yeah. Tammy. The, uh, well, French what makes that scene even funnier is when that scene opens, he's going into this whole elaborate story about this big case that he was on one time, and then you come to realize, like, she didn't know what the fuck he was saying anyway. <laughs> as long as he's got the money, he doesn't care what he's saying. Yeah. You know? 
God bless Gordon Cole. All right, so then uh, we get odd. Oh, Larry. Uh, well, first, no, we get Dr. Jacoby. Oh, no way, I skipped a couple other. Yeah, Dr. Ants. Uh, but, but before Hutch that, we and Chantel. Yeah, not not to be confused with David Soul of Thirsty and Hutch fame. We get Hutch, Tim Roth, and Chantal, my girl Jennifer Jason Lee. They're staking out uh, the warden's home, the warden of the prison where the Cooper doppelganger was, because they were supposed to assassinate him. They were instructed to assassinate him. And Tim Roth is like, "Hey, do you do you want to? You sure you don't want to torture him?" And she's like, "Nah, this is I. We gotta get this over with because I we passed the Wendy's back there. I want to. Yeah." Her. I really I totally got it. <laughs> That's how I would do it. <laughs> and he's like, you sure I, I could shoot him that. in the legs, we'll kidnap him, and then you could torture him later? And she's like, no. It's all right. I want Wendy. So the warden, come, <laughs> so the warden comes home. <laughs> so the warden comes home. He snipes him from the back two times. Bang, bang, kills him. The warden's kid comes running out. Ah, daddy, daddy. And then you just see Tim Roth. He goes, all right, off to Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> It was very Jay, good. <laughs> let me ask you something. Uh, this is—I don't—I don't know if this is a, a regional thing. Do you ever dip French fries into a frosty at Wendy's? Because I know people that do it here and they say they love what? it, and I'm like, you're fucking disgusting. Yeah. They put. They put <sighs> yeah, the I've never heard of that. I've never done it. <laughs> I would never do. Some yeah, they, yeah, Wait, they dip their French fries in the ice cream. They dip it in, like they just. Yeah, like you know, yeah, like, like it's ketchup. Instead of dipping your French fries <laughs> in ketchup, you dip them into your frosty. That is fucked up. Yeah, it's way <laughs> fucked up. You're more animal than men at that point. Yeah. For a second though, Larry, animal. I thought you were saying this was like a permanis thing where they put the French fries into the frosty and they like let them soak. Oh in no, 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 <laughs> no! But I know a lot of Pittsburghers right, uh, that use their frosties as ketchup. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's weird. It's gross. Very weird. Jank, in Illinois, do they ever have, like, salads with french fries on them? Ah, uh, no. I can't say I've ever heard of that. Yeah, it's, I guess that's really? So when you order a steak salad, it doesn't have french fries on it? I don't think I've ever seen a steak salad. Wow! What <laughs> about that? <laughs> well, I, I weird tend place. not to look at anything that has salad in the, in its title. <laughs> Western <laughs> PA loves French fries. Yeah, yeah, but I, I all right. Well, the fact he's never heard of a steak salad is odd, but he oh. likes Taco Bell. That's true. I mean, a box there. <laughs> All right, so then we see uh, Dr. Jacoby doing another one of his Dr. Amp shows, and Nadine Hurley's watching. Yeah. Now, I love Dr. He's, Jacoby he's and pet. Dr. Amp. It's great, but, I mean, they don't really – these scenes don't really do anything, though, you know? They just – they're just there. <laughs> no, they don't seem to. You're sh- shoveling yourself out of the shit, Mike, though. But, like, we, if we <laughs> see one, we've seen them all. Like, nothing new really happens, right? I mean – Especially since they showed the commercial again, which was just the same. We've already seen that part. Yeah. So it's like, his, uh, his story was a little bit different, but... But it was like... No, I don't know if it's any kind of significance that he's... The last thing he says is about being in the ninth circle of hell. And then we cut to Audrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that, if that ties in somehow. <laughs> I suppose, maybe. Things are not going well for her. <laughs> yeah, we see Audrey Horn finally. Sherilyn Fenn. And uh, 
she's having an argument with her husband Charlie. And this is uh, they're arguing over the fact that Audrey can't find her lover, Billy. And she's telling her All husband, right. "Hey, I need you to come help me find Billy, my lover." And then, yeah. And he's like, "I got all Questions this paperwork." Abound again here. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, before let we get into the questions, first off, b- before we get into the questions, right. let me just wrap up this scene, put a little bow tie on it. Uh, she's asking her husband to go help her look for Billy. She wants to go to the roadhouse to look for him, uh, but she wants her husband to come along. So they're arguing over that. And then she said, you haven't even called Tina. Tina's the last person to see him. And you, haven't, you said you were going to call her and you never did. And apparently Billy's also <laughs> banging <hate> Tina. Tina. <laughs> yeah. Now, we don't know who Tina is, though, correct? Like, we've never seen Tina? or I don't think so. Billy we have. Billy was the guy who was supposed to meet Andy. Uh, yeah. Because his truck was in the accident. Yeah. And then remember that guy uh, ran into the R&R saying, hey, where's Billy? Has anyone seen Billy? Yep. Remember that? There. Yeah. Yeah. So – so Sherilyn Fenn is banging that Billy guy who seemed terrible, and then her husband seemed <laughs> awful. Um, yep. So then he calls – because then her husband tells a story about a guy named Chuck stealing Billy's truck. Or did Billy steal Chuck's truck? I don't know. I'm very confused. Um, and then he, she I think calls – Yeah, Chuck stole Billy's truck because he was the guy Yeah, with the truck that Richard used to, to run over. Uh which yeah. I mean, Audrey should be more worried about Richard at this point, you would think. But she's more, she's way obsessed with Billy. Well, she may not even know what's going on with Richard, right? Like she just may not have any idea. Yeah, maybe not. I doubt that's on the news that yet. But anyway, um, so then he calls Tina and he gets some story from Tina. Now, do we ever find but out? We never it, hear some bad. Yeah, we never hear the bad news, but it's some really bad news apparently about Billy. But yeah. we do not hear what it is. All right. No, he won't. He refuses to tell her what he just heard. <laughs> All right, Larry. Questions? Well, my questions were: I, I when I'm watching this scene, I'm like, should I? I didn't know. Should I already have known this husband guy? Who the fuck is Billy? <laughs> who the fuck is Tina? I don't know. This is an entirely different show. Either that, or I haven't paid attention to any of it. So I shouldn't well, you, know any you, of these characters. You could have known Billy if you're paying attention. You could yeah, have Billy a little Billy. bit. Yeah, but Tina and but the, the husband, husband and all that. Never yeah. Seen. yeah, and he's an interesting looking fellow. The husband. <laughs> yeah, is he a sure little is. fellow? Because he has well, I looked up little the actor. arms. I, yeah, he has a real little. His head, like basically is enormous and his shoulders are very small and he has little arms and hands. Mm-hmm. So I looked up the actor and apparently he suffered from juvenile rheumatoid arthritis from the time he was a little kid and it really mm-hmm. fucked him up. Yeah. So that's what All right. yeah, he, he does. But yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's an unusual choice for casting though, you know, because it's like, yeah. Because oh. right away you're thinking, well, uh... what, what happened in Audrey's life that she had to do this? And I'm yes. guessing what happened. Yeah. Uh, Doppelganger Cooper put the baby in her. And then left her, and she had a kid raised by herself, so she had to marry this guy who had money probably, and he took care of her and Richard as when he was a kid, right? Is that what happened here? Oh uh, well, she yeah, she definitely got pregnant very young, um, and after the whole bank explosion, I think she didn't graduate high school, uh, and basically ended up getting her GED later on, and went to like right. beauty school, I, I believe, from the, what the book Wait. said. Um, she opened up her own salon, but then she just kind of. 
like eventually closed that and became like agoraphobic and shit and wouldn't leave the house. And she kind of married her accountant, uh, who I guess is this guy, <laughs> and was just yeah more of uh, you know financial oh, okay. things than any kind of love that, relationship. That sounds a lot like me. And <laughs> my accountant, Jank, you're my accountant, Jank. So I think I'm going to end up Uh-oh. marrying you. Look out. You. That's bad news for Jank. <laughs> uh, so, any other questions, Larry? Well, I don't, well, no. Now that I realize I really shouldn't know anybody, but this scene, <laughs> this husband couldn't be a more passive-aggressive asshole if he tried. Like, I wanted to pick that motherfucker up and just body slam him like Hulk did with Loki. <laughs> but here's another question. How the fuck did he get behind his desk? He's like almost encased. Like, there's, I don't, I don't know how he got back there. Like, he just walked under the oh, desk. He's a little guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got his way. Right. But uh, this is the first yeah. time we see Audrey Yeah, episode twelve. We finally get some Audrey, and it's her life just seems miserable on every level. Yeah, and it, it seems to have taken a toll. On her physical appearance. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> He's not looking so good. I bang the fuck out of her still. Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, she's still Audrey Horn, so yeah, you know. But she hasn't held up the same as Shelley, I would say, or <laughs> Peggy. Norma. <laughs> or, or... <laughs> I think people were were pretty disappointed in, in this whole Audrey thing because. She was such a big part of the first two seasons, and then now we just get this, and like this is what's become of her, and it just seems like mean <laughs> what they've done to her. Yeah, but I think if they're if they're not trying to say like you know, I don't know where they're going from here, but that the doppelganger really fucked up her life, you know. So. Well, there's one more episode that she's in, I believe, uh, which we'll get into a little bit more of her story. Okay. Um, there's some weird shit. <laughs> All right, um, so there's that. Then the next scene, we get Diane. She goes to the bar and uh, searches the coordinates that she saw on Albert's photo because she memorized them, of course, on that <laughs> on Ruth Davenport's arm. And she types yep. them into her the little The last couple uh, digits are a little bit smudged, so she's kind of got to you know play around a little bit. And she finds that they lead to Twin Peaks. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> bom, bom, bom. It's all coming together. Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't they have all figured that out <laughs> yeah. already, though? Like, really? I mean... Yeah, you have known because I'm guessing it's all going back to that what is that Gastonbury Circle or whatever in the woods. I mean, isn't that where it's all going? So could be what the Black Lodge thing, you know, the opening to the Black Lodge. Well, yeah, I mean that they definitely know where that's at. I would think. <laughs> so why didn't they like haven't they put this together yet? Isn't that where the coordinates are showing them to go? Uh, no, I don't believe so. No. All right, so it's somewhere else in Twin Peaks. All right. Yeah, but it always um, comes back to that. You should have realized what so, the name of the show was. <laughs> then at the Roadhouse, we see Jank's favorite band, the Chromatics, performing Saturday. And then <laughs> in a booth, we see Abby and, Nata- and Natalie, two women. We have no idea who they are, but they're <laughs> all right. looking for who. That's good. So who cares? That's good. That's and they're talking good. about another friend named Angela, who we have no idea who she is. And uh, they're concerned uh, about the new good. infatuation with Clark, who had previously been going out with Mary, who we have no idea who those people are. And then a fellow named Trick, 
joins them, and he's shaken by the experience of being driven off the road by a driver heading the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Does any of this stuff have anything to do with anything? I don't think so. <laughs> but I wonder if, like, maybe one of those random conversations like this, one of the women at the end of one of these things was Tina or something. Maybe that girl with the itchy armpit, maybe that was Tina or something. We just oh, didn't know. that's right. Well, no, no, their names were Chloe <laughs> and Nadine, I think. I think they were Chloe oh, okay. and Nadine. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't even know that. Well, because I remember I looked it up because I wanted to see who that brunette was because she was foxy. Uh, I had to figure out. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. You got to get out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Del. She was good looking. Yeah, she was real good looking. What? All right, so. Uh, she didn't have any rashes that we could see. <laughs> that, that's a that's the apocalypse. No rashes? <laughs> that was the start. The step in the right direction. <laughs> oh no! Here's a here's some trivia. That scene with the French lady in the hotel was the final scene shot to feature Gordon Cole and Albert Rosenfield. Thus, it serves as Miguel Ferrer's or Ferrer's final time playing this character before his death in 2017. Uh, wow! So we don't Damn. see Albert again, or that they just filmed it last? They yeah, they just filmed it. it out of order. Yeah. All right, all right. Huh. Dang. Yeah, so many people have died on this show. Yeah, well, <sighs> when the whole cast is in their 60s and 70s, that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> and the French yeah, lady kind of lucky by, they got to do this when they did, I guess. By Berenice Marlowe is the French woman. Berenice Marlowe. Spell oh, Berenice. She's very good. B-E-R-E-N-A-I-S-E. E-N-I-C-E. And then they have Marlowe. It's M-A-R-L-O-H-E on this page. I swear on the other page it was with a W. Yeah, she looks good. All right. <laughs> um, any any comments, Larry, on these two episodes of Twin Peaks? Um, no, not really. I mean, I thought they were solid. <laughs> Jank? Uh, I definitely liked episode 11. 12 had some moments like the Cole and uh, Albert stuff, but overall wasn't that great. <laughs> but at 11, I did enjoy. Although yeah, I think both the, these episodes uh, were just kind Dougie of Dougie Jones out. stuff nothing, was cool. Nothing real great. Um, I don't know. I'll be honest. I could take it or leave it at this point. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the show a lot more this time around. Like, now that I'm not just mad about what it's not, <laughs> I'm just accepting yeah. it for what it is. Like, I like I think it I'm a still lot mad. More. I think I'm still mad about what it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> it's it's very different from the first two seasons. It seems like a completely different show. Yeah. Oh, I would it's like to different. see that season one again. I like season <laughs> one. And it does kind of suck, like you especially notice in this episode where uh, like Frank Truman is talking to Ben Horn. It's like this would have been so much cooler if they actually had Harry Truman <laughs> and he was talking about yeah. you know Coop back in the day and stuff like that. Like there'd be so much more of an emotional connection instead of Frank Truman who doesn't even know Cooper at all. 
And I got to say, Zero. wouldn't it have been better, even though you know we would all hate it, but if James was the guy making out with Shelley, wouldn't that have been better? Because at least we would know <laughs> who he is. And it would yeah. tie everything together more. Like it's just some random dude. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Maybe Shelley's a hoe. <laughs> oh, we already know Shelley's a terrible human being. Because of the way she screwed yeah. over Gordon Cole back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what drove him to these French prostitutes. Yes. He'll never love again. <laughs> <laughs> I need to follow Cole's lead. <laughs> well, call Frank. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you can, Frank. He will hook so, you up. <laughs> All right, that's Twin Peaks again. That's six episodes left. Three yep. more weeks of this Just shit. Just six. <laughs> and then we're done. <laughs> Holy fuck. Unless right. they decide to renew it for season four. Holding <laughs> on hope. Dude, no one's going to be alive. The cast, David yeah, Lynch. Yeah, that's true. I got to tell you, even watching these episodes, I was concerned for his health. Just watching these episodes. <laughs> he, he looked very old. Very, very old. Um, Although I think next week, uh, episode 14, so the second episode we watch next week, David Lynch's wife makes an appearance. Oh. Now, I won't tell you why he is or what he does, but maybe when you're watching these episodes next week, Larry, see if you can picture who his wife would be. No, I imagine she's probably like that French hooker. Yeah, here's a hint. (laughs) She's not 70 like David Lynch. No, no way. I I could definitely see him Smart with like man. a twenty eight year old, a thirty year old. Uh, keep an eye out for that. All right. Hey, Jake. Over on uh, Netflix, hmm. have you ever watched the show The Toys That Made Us? Um, I think I watched one of those back in the day when they first came out with it. Mm. I like it. They just had a, yeah, it, it's good. They, they just had a, a new season. I, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, they did one about like uh, all the uh, old WWE and WCW wrestling yeah. toys, and it was pretty awesome. It was a good well, episode. But Jank probably wouldn't care though. Jank, did you ever have wrestling stuff? <laughs> no, never did. Well, no. What I was getting at though is um, the people that made that. I, I saw today, it was like, oh, since you watched the toys that made you, or whatever, they got uh, the movies that made us. So there was like one season, there was four episodes, they were all home runs. Uh, Dirty Dancing, Home Alone, Ghostbusters, and Die Hard. And they're just like, you know, one hour, like behind the scenes, they're talking about how, you know, they all the hard work that went into it and we almost didn't get it made and we wanted to put this guy in it, but this guy canceled and, you know, those kinds of shows, but they were pretty good. Have you ever yeah, for Ghostbusters, those, it sounded like that would be really it? interesting. He was supposed yeah, to be in there. Yeah. Dirty Dancing, well, I could probably do without Dan- that one. <laughs> originally, Dan Aykroyd said the original cast was him John Belushi and Eddie Murphy. That was yeah. who was going to originally be the three uh-huh. Ghostbusters. But then Belushi got all, you know, dead. 
But, yeah, they talk about Bill Murray and how he's a pain in the ass <laughs> because they, they didn't know <laughs> if he was coming or not. Like, they, they, they thought he was coming, but he, he never commits anything. And then they said he just showed up, <laughs> you know, first day, 8 o'clock. He didn't really tell anybody. He just showed up to go. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, geez. it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I watched that today. I remember that. Huh. That was new. <laughs> <laughs> the movies that made us. The Dirty Dancing, Home Alone, Die Hard. And uh, the fuck were we just talking about? That one too. <laughs> but anyways, all eighties classics. Like I, I've seen all those movies. Yeah. Movies, you know, twenty, thirty times. I think I've seen Dirty Dancing once. <laughs> oh really? Ghostbusters, I've seen a million times. But seen it. Dirty I lived it. Was one of. The... <laughs> Dirty Dancing was one of those movies when I was, you know, I don't know. What year that movie came out? Eighty five, six, seven, somewhere around there. But you know, uh, HBO back in the day, there was only one HBO, and HBO only had probably you know twenty movies a month, thirty movies a month. So you know, when I was off in the summer, you know, I didn't go anywhere. I was always home all day watching TV. <laughs> so Dirty Dancing would be on, you know, four times a week, and I'd watch it four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen do. it. I've never seen it. You ever like saw Dirty Dancing? Oh. That movie's good. <laughs> good movie. Sure. Sure. Can't go wrong with Swayze, man. Yeah, I think you can. Uh, you can. <laughs> no, you can't. Come on, Jay. You know, right? You like Swayze. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right, are we done? I think so. All right. Jank, what are we seeing this weekend? Uh, I'm probably going to see Honey Boy tomorrow. Honey Boy! Honey Boy! I don't know yet. What's Honey Boy? Uh, It's a Shia LaBeouf movie. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of, I guess, about his own life. Uh, you know, uh, where he's basically playing his father, who <laughs> was a an asshole. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah, his dad was a pedophile. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's so much about. Uh no, I don't think so. Uh, but it was just one of those like showbiz so dads see... who, as soon as his son started getting famous, like was there to try to. So you're going to see a semi-autobiographical movie about Shia LaBeouf, starting Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yep. All right. Yep. Fair enough. Did you see Peanut Butter That's Falcon? Come you to. saw that, right? Yeah, I saw that. I was impressed. And? No. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. What about Frozen 2? Are you going to see that? <laughs> Not so much. All right. <laughs> Never even saw the first one. Do you have t- Do you have tickets for Star Wars? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, opening night. I'll be there. I'm sure it'll suck, but I'll be there. Hmm. All right. What about the original Janksters? What's going on? Any new episode this weekend? Uh, maybe Monday, but I'm not holding out a lot of hope for this week. <laughs> Hopefully next weekend. Because Pete. 
Pete's holiday weekend in and up. <laughs> yeah. It's uh he's still Is in the process married? of moving and Oh uh, no. Alright. He's just living in sin with that girl. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Good. That's what I'm doing. All right, so yeah, maybe Monday or Tuesday, so he'll be you know <laughs> I think he's kind of doing stuff this weekend. Well, well, on Tuesday, you can get your jank fill on Flea Market Fantasy. Yeah. There you go. Check that out on iTunes and all the places you get the podcast or YouTube. Stitcher. So, are you guys... Spotify. <laughs> did Jank video in? Like, did you see Jank? No, he's a pro. He just came in with the voice. <laughs> yep. I know yeah. rookie. <laughs> yeah, because you know when, when we record with that. gangsters, I can I can see Pete. Pete. Yep. Yeah, he like he, you know he he's sitting there. He's got his microphone and stuff. He has like a microphone, right? <laughs> he's got he a whole setup. A yeah, like yes. He yeah, he's got like yeah, a he's got like an actual studio. desk. Yeah. Holy <laughs> yeah. fuck. He's legit. Does he Larry, have other podcasts? We've been doing this garbage for 12 years, Larry. Wow. How come we don't have a whole setup? How come we're not legit? <laughs> I don't know. We don't try. <laughs> oh, that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, we got to do our spin-off podcast of some kind. We got to do Jake Jank at all. Yeah. We got to figure out what we got to figure <laughs> out what we're going to do. We got to do it for real. Jake at all. Like, don't be the only one with a he can't. He can't be the only one with a side piece. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get a side piece now. <laughs> You're my side piece. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm down. We just got to so what we're doing. Start working on it, Jank. Come up with ideas. Come up with <laughs> segments, bits, uh, <laughs> shtick, all that sort of thing, and then just call me when you're done. <laughs> done and done. We'll just do all the vaudeville acts. Uh, next week on this <laughs> here show is nothing. You know, the uh, well, same shit. Well, there could be some Canadian Big Brother talk. Maybe. Not sure. Oh, yeah. That could be as of next. All right. Jank, would you Jank, be excited? Yeah, you Big sounded Brother. excited. When I told Jank about this when we were recording Flea Market Fantasy, you sounded excited about hearing Big Brother uh, back story talk. Yeah, I mean, even though it's not our big brother, it still sounds interesting. I've seen, a, you like know, pro- some of Canada, and it, it seems like a good show. It's just so hard to get it here. If it was easier to watch here, I would totally do it. I would say this. The two seasons I watched were way better than American Big Brother. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I like that host the People girl. seem more likable. Bang that girl. And, it, and it's more like actual Big Brother than it is like um, overproduced Nonsense. I don't know. Yeah, they what, let him drink like the whole time. I think like you can just drink all day. <laughs> Unlike yeah. Big Brother, where they're like, dude, they ration it out. You know, like one drink. I'd have a beer. It makes it more entertaining. Yeah, like there seem to be people who actually use like strategy and shit. Yeah. Like, actually thought about the game. Of course, this was a while ago. Who knows? Maybe it's evolved into the corporate, overproduced bullshit that the American version is. I don't know. It seems like they had different kinds of competitions, too. Like it wasn't just the same things over and over again. A lot of hockey-based competitions. 
<laughs> this is a curling competition. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, so, Larry. Well, well, Larry. He brought what? up he brought up curling. I was thinking maybe I should join a curling club. And that reminded me <laughs> that today I watched a, a video of my girl Oscar. She she is out in Vegas, Larry. That's where she is, and she's going around doing stuff for her little TV channel that she has. And today she was making wine. She went to some place sure. where you can go in and like with a bunch of other people, and you can make your own wine. And like it takes, uh, it's going to take like six months to a year before this wine is done <laughs> fermenting. And but they, she showed you the whole process. But I'm thinking to myself, here's Oscar, this lady from Japan. She comes into this strange culture, and she's out there doing all kind of crazy shit, having fun, doing all these things. How come I don't go out and do stuff, Larry? Why am I not going out <laughs> making wine? I, what? Why don't I join a I curling ask you that club? Every week. Learn how to curl. Yeah. <laughs> I just said maybe 20 minutes ago. You need to get out when you thought that little junkie girl was attractive. <laughs> that chunky girl was attractive. Um, he was. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Again, we're talking about the one without the rash. Completely rash. Yeah. Yes, I am. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, I have a big LCS convention out in uh, Vegas. Oh, that's right. I should go visit the Ed and just stalk Oscar. I can see where she lives. Figure it out. <laughs> Why don't you just visit Oscar and then stalk the Ed? That would fuck freak him out. Maybe, maybe we could do that. Uh, she got to be pretty easy to spot with the hair, you know. She's got the pink and blue hair, so I should be able to see her. But, uh, Larry, what was I saying about the uh, – yeah, I should, maybe I should do something. Maybe I should join a group or a club, and then I can report uh-huh. about it on the show. <laughs> yeah. You need yeah. to get out of the house. You wouldn't be so goddamn grim all the time if you it go somewhere. I mean, I Jake, Jake and I don't losing like the, leaving the house either, but we still leave the house, though. Losing, <laughs> losing the hockey losing the hockey shooting has really been rough. Since I quit doing the hockey because mm-hmm. it got cold, I do not leave the house. <laughs> I just do not leave the house. <laughs> yeah, and once again, like... Yeah, that's not good. The hockey's cool and everything. <laughs> At least you're up and doing something, but... Uh, you're still not. You're still by yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I prefer. You're just by yourself outside now. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you need you All need right. to meet somebody. You need to get a hand job. I'm telling you, you wouldn't be so goddamn moody. <laughs> One old fashioned in the car. He's <laughs> uh, like, "All right, life's not that bad." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. A whole new perspective. Yeah. yeah. One hand jibber. <laughs> it's like cold outside. Yeah, right back in it again. <laughs> okay. Well, your car has has a heater inside. I know it works. Yeah, my my heater. Yet. I, I learned yesterday <laughs> that my heater's really good. Because, wow, that car was hot in, in a hurry. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm saying. You, so you were fine. You were outside, but yet still toasty warm. <laughs> Then just yep. throw a hand job into there. <laughs> you got a heated seats in that car? No, I do not. Oh. He don't need it. He he's in it. What, no, I really eight don't. minutes a week. <laughs> if that. <laughs> uh, um, 
All right. Well, maybe next week, by next Friday, I'll have joined a club or an organization of some sort. Maybe I'll join the uh, Freemasons. <laughs> yeah. I can go undercover oh. in the Freemasons. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can work my way up the ladder. I think I think or working maybe my crypts. way up to the thirty to be a thirty third degree Freemason will be will take slightly less time than watching off Twin Peaks. <laughs> so I can report on it every week. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be done. Uh, all right. I, I say when we're done with Twin Peaks, then next week we're off. We're taking that next week off <laughs> after Twin Peaks. <laughs> well, you said after Twin Peaks we're going to start a book club. All right. Well, I need a break. I gotta. I gotta mentally prepare for books. <laughs> or I was thinking of another show we could yet? watch. I was, well, I was thinking of another show we could watch because I know you're not going to read anything. Um, no. You never watched? Did you ever watch Deadwood? I I, I watched the first episode. <laughs> yeah, because we could break down Deadwood. That's a hell of a show. Uh, yeah, but you've seen it. That's true. I have seen it. You're not discovering it together. That's that's the that's the exciting part of it when we when we <laughs> learn together. The magic. Like, <laughs> I I know whatever show we pick next won't be as convoluted. I guarantee there will be less characters in it. I don't care what show it is, it has less characters. Yep, that's a fact. Uh, yeah, I'm not watching anything on TV. Like, I try to, like, I look through Showtime, I'm looking at their shows on there, and, like, I gotta watch something, and I, I can't find anything to fucking watch. I don't know. Huh. huh. <laughs> well, you got huh. Jack Novak to listen to, though. <laughs> Pat Novak. No, Pat Novak. Pat Novak. The only problem is, is uh, they're definitely not making more of those. <laughs> no, they're not. So. No. All right. Well, thanks to Jank. And uh, again, thank you, Jank. Flea Market Fantasy. If you ever want to know about the Hulk, you're in luck. <laughs> yeah. What if you didn't want to know about Such a golden age for the Hulk. 90 minutes of Hulk talk. In 90 minutes, me just saying, ah, this kind of sucks. And then Jenkins and Michael go, no, this is awesome. This is great. And I'm like, eh, it's kind of blows. It's, it's, probably, most it's episodes. probably better than that Eric Bana <laughs> Hulk movie. Yes. Yeah, we didn't even – we, we spent 90 minutes talking to Hulk. We never even got into the movies. We could have discussed the movies. <laughs> hmm. yeah. There's plenty hey, of time hey, in the future to do that. I saw a headline yesterday that uh, – that Mark Ruffalo guy, he's he wants to do a Wolverine versus Hulk movie. Ooh, that would be great. That would be pretty good. Yawn. Yeah. That might get me back in. <laughs> yeah. Just for that no, one. I don't know if that's, that's, that's close to happening, but yeah, I did see the headline, and headlines never lie. So. <laughs> well, it seems like they, uh, you know, they are a long way from having the X-Men actually in that universe, so... Uh, like that's a couple of years down the line, I think, with everything they've got planned out. Plus, it seems like they're they're trying to say that the Hulk's arm is still going to be messed up from Endgame. So it's not the same if he's got a gimpy arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair fight then, maybe. You know? <laughs> Hulk with one arm versus Wolverine. Right. He's just got to <laughs> kick a lot. <laughs> Robert De Niro. <laughs> All right, Larry. All right, uh, go to uh, One Nine Books. 
You're having oh, a big, right. big Black Friday sale over there. Yes. Buy one, yep. get nine free. Yep. Right? Yep. The one nine. That's where one nine comes from. Exactly. Um, Buy one, get Then go to BookChimp. If you want to follow Mike Dell on the Twitter, it's at LCSHockey19. Buy one, get nine free. And uh, don't forget, go over to Facebook and uh, like Original Janksters. Like their podcast page. It helps them out. They make money from that. Does it really help? All right. uh, (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a penny. No. All right. No, not at all. All right. Until then, pass the gin, Governor. All right, Morgan, he's strong. Let's see who's next. You think you know me. Honestly, I see clearly everything has come to life. What? I'm sorry, I don't know the rest of the words, but I do love that song, Ed. Well, after listening to last week's podcast of awesomeness, I only have one question for you, Edge. What in the hell is mock mania? It just sounds like an excuse for you and Shane to rub up on each other. Because I got a better idea. How about you and I get together and do stutter mania next year in New Orleans? Because I'll be happy to drop you on that sack of dimes you call a nap. But for now, I'm going to go to my kitchen, drink a couple of Steve Weisers, and wait by my phone until I get an email saying I made it to the next round. So I'll see you guys next week. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. On this day, I see clearly everything has come to life. I'm not convinced that wasn't Steve. That was pretty damn good. I think I think Steve got better. That's possible. It got. It did get better. Thank you very much.